Welcome to the Yerky Boys. May the Candrona shine and strengthen you. My name is Will. My name is Jonathan. And we are the, the Yerky Boys. Boys. Today we're talking about book 28, The Experiment. Which was released in March 1999. Hmm, getting into the year here. <laughs> we're getting into the year. St. Patty's Day is upon us. <laughs> Uh, welcome to so, another bad episode. Another bad episode, huh? Yeah, this one's going to be a bad one. I can just feel it. <laughs> All right. I think you're probably right on that. <laughs> what, were you going to say something? No, just we're uh, continuing with our ghost-written books here. No, can't we stop it. Oh, no, what, not, are you, what are you... We're not talking about that yet. We have... Don't... Isn't there something well, you think we should say up top? What should we say up top? We've officially launched our Patreon page. Oh, right. Last time we didn't do that. Yeah, it was just speculation last time. It was just speculation last time. That's right. But we did launch it. Yes. If you're listening to this right now, we've officially launched patreon.com slash the Yerky Boys. And this Patreon gives you access to a second podcast, the Yerky Boys Chronicles. And our first Chronicles episode launched last week in which we discussed the 1998 film The Faculty. And this this week's episode, I think we're going to be taking some Animorphs quizzes. So you see, this is how this is called selling yourself. This is called hmm. enticing the people out there, letting them know that for just know. five bucks a month. And look, I'm not going to say this at the top of every show, okay? But it's new. Right. It's a new thing. <laughs> So it is good to just remind people, even briefly, I think we should maybe add this to the, to the you know, the up top banter. We just say, by the way, patreon.com slash the Yerky Boys for so more, you, you know? You think this is part of the intro and not like part of the outro or something, you, you think? Well, I th- well if, you, if you're if you really, if, I, at, the, at the top, you just give a little mention. And then at the end, you give a little a bit of a longer mention. Our show is four hours long. Not everyone makes it to the end. <laughs> we'll, we'll, I'll trust we'll, your expertise on this. We'll, we'll figure it out. But anyway, it's a lot of fun over there. Go over there and let us know what you think. Can we have even more fun over there than we do here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's true. Okay. Uh, now it's okay. ghost, a ghost-written book. Are we- Happy, yeah. Okay, a ghost-written book. I mean, unless you have more business, I, you know, I never know if you have business. Uh, well, you know, there like were emails. a couple. Uh, there's no emails. I kind of wanted to say a couple things about video games, but I don't need to. <laughs> Should I just say them? Go ahead. <laughs> just two things, okay, really quick. Because we don't have any business this week, so I wanted. To, I don't want to be under time. <laughs> So the first thing is just I just I'm just gonna tell you I've been I was playing the Spider-Man 2 video game. And in the Spider-Man 2 video game, this is a brand new video game. I was playing it on the PlayStation 5. And uh in this game, Spider-Man has web wings. And what that means is uh when you're swinging in the air, you can you can extend your web wings and you can kind of glide over the city. Okay. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because as you glide, you can you'll find uh, you'll see highlighted on the screen pockets of air, and if you fly into them with your web wings, they'll lift you higher into the air to let you glide for a longer period of time. And every time I do it, it makes me think about thermals. 
That's good. I'm glad that Animorphs has given you uh, an appreciation for thermals. Yeah, an appreciation for aerodynamic science. Yeah, science. <laughs> That's what it is. And then this other one, this is, uh, I just, I'm staying on oh, the Sony, more. the Sony PlayStation. I said a couple of things, which means two. Uh, the Sony PlayStation okay. video game Horizon Forbidden West. I just remembered this and I should have brought it up, but you remember the five? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the five are from <laughs> uh, the exposed or no, right? Or no, the extreme. Sorry. The extreme. Right. Uh, they're like 25. Uh, five we were squared. trying to. We were trying to figure out, is it five aliens or is it a whole race? It's no, I, of... I think you were trying to figure that out. Well, I, think I, I... I was pretty convinced as to okay, what the well, five were. Okay, well, some people are open-minded and some people are set in their ways, I suppose. Well, I remind, I remembered that it reminded me of something, which is in the video game Horizon Forbidden West, you meet, which is a, a futuristic post-apocalypse kind of a game. There's a tribe of folks called the Tanakhth. And they are there. They like worship a a, tr- a group called the Ten, <laughs> not the Five, but the Ten. And I remembered that in the in the lore of the game, the Ten are were a troop. It was like the designation of a military troop from hundreds of years ago that I think they were called like RF Ten or, or JTF Ten is the designation. But because like the data was scrambled, they don't have the full picture there and they're kind of more primitive. These like future people in a weird way are like, Oh, we worship the 10. And so I'm like, Hey, I think there were more than 10 of those, the 10. So maybe that's sort of the case with the five. Maybe it's like, Oh, we're troop five. And maybe there's other, other sects of this alien species that and their like number designation means something. Well, thanks everyone for listening. <laughs> Tune in next week when we'll be talking about book 29. <laughs> this is good. This is the kind of shit that good. someone would write you're, in to us, but I'm just throwing right, that in. <laughs> you're giving it to us instead. Yeah. Look, this I gave you like the your option. Own little email. You could have vetoed this, but you allowed me to continue. <laughs> What if I, I'm going to make the podcast shorter? No, no, no. All right. That's it. Now we can talk about book 28, The Experiment. The Experiment. Experiment. Um, Sometimes I get tripped. Experiment? Experiment. Ex- right? What do you, is it? How do you say that? Experiment? Is I've that only right? ever said experiment. Experiment. I feel like sometimes you say it it's kind of like fast. Ex- experiment, experiment gum. But what about like Experience. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, sure. A, I guess yeah, it's it not could experience. be experiment. Experiment. It's uh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I just slur my words. What do you? Want? I like experiment gum. That's <laughs> that's good. <laughs> that's really good. Okay, now you can get into it. Yeah. Um. So, ghostwriting writers. <laughs> ghostwritten by Amy Garvey. Here. God bless you. God bless. This is Amy her only ghost written book. I only believe. one, not brought back for any others. I wonder if there's a reason for that. I don't know. I I I looked her up. Of course, I assume you did too. I did. Yes. I don't remember what she did. <laughs> she okay. So most of her books look like. Uh, I mean, they look like cheesy romance erotica. You know what I mean? Mm. Like if you go to like the grocery store and you see all the like the the romance books that are just clearly you're it's some uh 
repressed housewife like jacking off to him, right? And nobody else <laughs> likes it because it's not good. Every cover looks like that. The titles all look like that. Um, I have a, uh, I have an about the author from one of these. Uh, Amy Garvey has worked as a nanny, a video store clerk, a day camp counselor, a newspaper writer, and an editor. Unfortunately, none of those jobs let her make up stories featuring smart women, hot sex, and humor. She's happy to be writing at home in central New York where she lives with her husband, three children, and a sadly overweight but lovable dog. <laughs> Glad I didn't say child. <laughs> yeah, and also another because he's fat. No, uh, I mean this is this is just a hundred percent like a live, laugh, love, like girl boss type, right? Like this is what what this is. Didn't she also? I I thought I read this one. She was an editor at Harper Collins. She may have is, been. It does say she was an editor here. I think I saw somewhere else like she was on Harper Collins website, which is Harper Collins is Scholastic. Or they own Scholastic, I think, or something. Maybe? That might be right. I'm not sure. I don't know, but it seemed likely that maybe that was the that was how this happened. This relationship mm-hmm. was they just they, they just probably sent out feelers of like who who do we have that's kind of on retainer that's not writing a book right now <laughs> that can cobble together a script, <laughs> a, right, a, a right. draft based on this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, uh, and it also makes sense because if you look at the cover of this book and. It, it's sort of similar to those the classic romance novel cover with like the Fabio <laughs> guy shirt off. <laughs> right. <laughs> Same yes. vibes. I get, I get that vibe from this cover. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, especially yeah. Mm-hmm. On the cover we have Axe turning into a cow. Right. <laughs> there um, it is. Which is not, you'd think, not that big of a leap for him. You would, yes. And in the, in the book, it even says uh, at some point that it's it's not that big of a leap. Has he ever turned into a horse? <laughs> I don't know. He, he hid in the horse's stall in, in The Unknown. Right. Yeah, it really seems like he might as well just reach his hand out while he was in there and <laughs> got some, or just like yeah. Cassie's barn, is, is she's always got horses. So I would think... He'd, but I guess maybe for him, he's like, well, what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> I already timed that. Now, a couple of thoughts here. Number one, the um, the quote on this says, oh God. change is a good thing, a very good thing. This is not a good quote. Have they? I, tell me they haven't done change is a good thing already. Like they just took it and added, oh, well, it's, and it's a very good thing. <laughs> Now, uh, what and I, I we've said something similar about this on X covers before, but I'm really feeling it here with this quote. You know, if you didn't know anything about animorphs, <laughs> my immediate thought is this cow is turning into this weird blue thing, and that's a good thing. It's a very good thing that the cow turns into this blue guy. <laughs> Yeah, it does look like that. I suppose it was. It's hard for me to think that way because I, I just know that Axe turns into the cow, but it, the cow is in the foreground, and it looks like you start yeah. cow and you go to Axe. I'm just imagining the Twilight Zone episode where, like, they had the little kid who, with the psychic powers, who would like he, he would like send you to the cornfield, but like he turned animals into monsters. And I'm imagining like. You know, his dad's like, oh, it's it's good that you did that, Anthony. It's real good that you turned the cow into that blue guy. 
It is good. <laughs> I, you know, this is still a pretty good one. It's I don't the last few covers have been great in terms of funny looking people. Mm-hmm. This one's not quite on that level. I but I do like kind of stubby short axe with a big dumb cow face. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm looking at that uh, second form axe here, and all I can think is he looks like those pictures where a dog has eaten a bee, and like their whole <laughs> face swells up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't He's got really those like swollen cheeks. Yeah, I don't like his nose getting longer, like because it's just like a mm. slit. I don't know. There's something creepy about that. <laughs> Is it too vaginal for you? Well, I wasn't gonna say that, but I yes, I, <laughs> I want to fuck Axe's nose. <laughs> I'm He's sure. Kinda... I hope nobody here is a new listener. They might be shocked by what they hear. Right. He is giving me bedroom eyes. All four of them. <laughs> they got those big, those big watery cow eyes. Yeah, those big dairy far dairy cow eyes, as uh, as Sarah Koenig likes to say. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. You ever listen to cereal? No. You didn't listen to that. You didn't. You didn't take part in no. the craze of cereal with Adnan no. Syed. No. Oh well, the 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 host, the narrator, Sarah Koenig, always would talk about like Adnan couldn't have murdered anyone because he has he's got such a cute face with his big brown dairy cow eyes. <laughs> he always called them dairy, like compared his <laughs> eyes to a cow. Uh, I wonder, I mean, maybe, I wonder if, cause, uh, you know, this Amy's writing all these steamy romance novels. Is that what, uh, is there like a type, uh, mm. of a woman here just like sees dairy cow eyes and goes, mm, mm. Well, I mean, I won't get ahead of ourselves here, but reading this book, I did kind of, it took me back to the fan, all the fanfics we read a, a few episodes back where th- there's a lot of interest in making acts a romantic lead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I mean, I in this book, I kind of was like, okay, I, maybe this is where this stems from. <laughs> but we'll, we'll see. What yeah, we get there. Could be. I don't know. I do think that andalites were designed as sex symbols, just a hundred percent. But well, well, I mean, that's just because horses are sex symbols, <laughs> right? I mean, it centaurs. It's like a combination. But uh, yeah, he I mean, is listen, ripped. He, Look at yeah. him. He's got abs. He, he's slender yet ripped. I mean, they're they're Twinkie. Also, he's got seven fingers. I don't need to say any more about that, ladies. <laughs> Spell that one out for you. Or gentlemen. <laughs> There's also, um, I, I I like the color patterns on this one as well. Oh, yeah. You got kind of like a rainbow color, like circles uh, going out from the middle in the background here. I don't think we normally, usually it's like a flat color with like some waves or like a gradient, you know? Mm, evokes sherbet, I would say. Mm, yes. Does I do not? want to eat this book. Yes, cotton candy esque, perhaps. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also, that cow. Should we get to the inside cover? <laughs> yeah, let's look at the inside. So the inside quote is uh, "got milk." Oh my god, I did this, <laughs> this cover and that quote also. But okay, "got yeah. milk" is not bad. I mean, it is bad. It's not good either. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's very stupid. What? Okay, what is happening on this cover? Okay, so it's a lot of cows. Mm-hmm. There's a barn. There's Tobias overhead. Cassie is laughing at Axe the cow. Cassie is wearing her morphing suit, which you usually never see on the covers. Now, 
Cirripedia said you don't usually say see that. But I don't uh, know about this. Am I, I mean, in well, the inner cover, you don't see it much. What? You never see it on the front Cassie cover. Cassie had a morphing suit in 19. She had a skin-tight, like, swimsuit, like, uh, scuba suit in book four. Rachel had a, a skin-tight outfit last book. I don't know, man. I don't. I think this is just you out to get Seropedia, desperate for another burn on them. I don't know. I don't. I don't. Most of these. This covers, is literally is it... what Cassie was wearing on the cover of book nineteen, and Seropedia sure. says it's the first time. Okay. Well. Okay. No, it's not the first time. I'm not saying. I'm not making that claim. I'm just saying. <laughs> usually, they're wearing jeans and a t-shirt. Like that's the j- usual picture on the cover. They're not usually in a leotard. Usually, that is, that it, well, that's true on the outer cover. On the inner cover, they usually just don't even show them. Yeah, yeah. Usually, nobody's even in there. But the last few books, mm-hmm. we've had a little bit more. <laughs> I don't know. They've been getting creative. <laughs> but she's also that's more true. important. Is Cassie's? She's not just laughing. She's she's tittering. She's got her hand yes. in front of her mouth like a like an anime schoolgirl. <laughs> it's like the weirdest you can just hear the director in the photo studio like now now giggle now pretend to giggle and it's been like a four-hour shoot and this kid's like i want to go home <laughs> it's very awkward yeah, looking i feel that <laughs> pointing it we will later find out why she's giggling yeah uh next wait a second so tobias is flying overhead but isn't tobias supposed to be this other the steer standing next to him uh, the element like later did in the it. book. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't matter. It's fine. Who cares? Now, if you zoom in on these cow nostrils, can we see anything in there? <laughs> no. Uh, okay. I don't see anything, but my eyes ain't that good. So yeah. Well, that's fine. That's all right. You never know. Uh, now my copy of the book comes with some bookmarks. Whoa. It's got two bookmarks that I could uh, pop out here, but I never did. Wow. Yeah, it's Worth got a lot uh, of money. Mm, you're probably right. <laughs> probably could sell that for like a buck. Um, <laughs> but the top of the bookmarks kind of got um, the axe into cow thing from the front. And it's got a, you know, if you popped it out, it, it wouldn't be flat. It would kind of have like, you know what I mean? Like lumps where all the heads are. You know what I'm mm. getting at? Yeah, I can I can see this on Seropedia too. Yeah. Yeah, and then it, it says on it, uh, warning, <laughs> the Yerks want to control your mind any way they can. Beware of Candrona rays, Dracon beams, <laughs> and DNA cocktails. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, I've, you know, I grew up on the internet. You know, I know about DNA cocktails. I'm not sure there's any in Animorphs. I don't know that I know about DNA cocktails. Well, I'm just thinking, like, you imagine, like, a cocktail, but, you know, maybe it's got some DNA in it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm just saying, I'm just saying that in the Animorphs books, I don't even know what this is supposed to (laughs) refer to. I think, I think maybe this is a reference to Axe um, morphing into a combination of all the other kids. Yeah, I mean, presumably it has to do with with or, the morphing animals. I do think maybe there was a, a reference to maybe the Yerks were experimenting. Maybe one of their creations, someone called a DNA cocktail of some kind or something. Could be. But, but also, Candrona rays aren't harmful 
to yeah. humans. <laughs> yeah, they just, they needed, I don't know, they wanted to put a warning. They had no idea what to write. It's so that kids can feel cool because their parents don't know what it means, but they do. Mm. Also, it's, it's, it is, looks like the uh, Surgeon General's warning, which is fun. That don't you think that's the idea? Yeah. I think it is, yes. <laughs> What's, and on the back of this bookmark, it lists all the books. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. It's like, here's all the shit you can buy. But what's oh there so there's two bookmarks but they're both the same bookmark. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Oh, so you can okay. have two versions of it, or like I don't I don't know if you lose one or if you have multiple books you're reading. Sure, you're a nerd. Give one to a friend or give one to a girl you really like. Oh yeah, that'll really <laughs> <laughs> that'll seal the deal right there. Well, that's I mean I you mean maybe know. that's uh, you have that opportunity. You could test that theory. Mm, oh yeah. yeah. Add that Perfect to your Valentine's Day gift. dating profile. If you go out with me, <laughs> you may be the lucky woman chosen to receive uh, one of these, one of a kind, well, two of a kind, <laughs> Animorphs bookmarks. Only two lucky ladies will get these. <laughs> it's like The Bachelor, but instead of a rose, you give them that. <laughs> uh, yes. No, you're on to something with this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am on to something. Oh my god, are we uh Yeah. Can we talk can we talk about this book? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to talk about. It. Oh, also, yeah, so it's called The yeah. Experiment. Mm-hmm. We almost had an X trilogy here. Did you notice that? Yeah, no, I did. A lot of the names are right. We've got The Extreme, The Exposed, and then The Experiment and only The Attacks in the middle. Yeah, they really screwed that up. You could have had The X and even an Exposed and Experiment. I don't know what, if it were me, it doesn't really matter, but if it were me titling things, I would feel self-conscious and think, oh, I shouldn't make too many of the titles have similar sounding words. Yeah, unless that's the whole gimmick, right? Right, right, unless it's like The Matrix Revolutions Reloaded or whatever. (laughs) Right. But yeah, it just seems like a weird coincidence, especially because also it's not like, oh, yes, this book could only have been called the exposed. No other word would have worked here. Like, yeah, you could have picked pretty much anything. Yeah. Or, or the extreme, like what? None of the, I mean, the experiment applies, but again, certainly doesn't need to be the title. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, and we, and we know that Kay Applegate did not choose these. So mm. like this just happened. I don't think this was planned in any way. Yeah. It's weird. Oh, well. How's this yeah. book start? So this book starts off, uh, the Axe gets a TV. Um, so now oh, Axe yeah. is watching TV, and throughout this book, Axe is going to be referencing TV. Um, so there's some stuff with that, uh, and he and Marco are about to go to the mall to purchase a TV guide and also some cinnamon buns for Axe when... Eric shows up, um, and Eric tells them about what the plot is going to be, which is that the Yerks have purchased an animal testing lab and meatpacking plant. They've actually had this for about a year, but he only found out now. And the Chi do not know why they have it. Uh, so the animals are going to have to go check it out. Check it uh, out. Yeah, so Axe and his TV is, I think, the the big point here. <laughs> I think that's what everyone wants to hear about. Yeah. I mean, I, I wrote this later on, but 
might as well talk about the kind of the overall TV arc in this book at the mm-hmm. start. I mean, I have said I have said this before, and if you don't like hearing it, I'm sorry. But I've said that I think it's at times Axe feels like he's maybe supposed to be a stand-in for an autistic person to me. Yes, someone and I on agree the spectrum. With that, that that is uh, potentially something in Axe. If it's not intentional, it's it's clearly something that like you can sure. you can read into him anyway, hundred percent. And I I think I've even made this comparison before, but Abed on Community. <laughs> Who is, uh, if everyone hasn't watched that show, I, I think everybody has. Not me, but. What the fuck? Oh, sorry. Uh-huh. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, no, uh, he, he knew that. You I don't, he's, that didn't, he's, that's he shocking did. to me. Abed is a character whose entire personality basically revolves around TV and movies. And this book just, I'm like, did they get the idea for him from Axe? <laughs> Because this came first, but it it really, really reminded me of that at times, which I guess is not – I mean, I guess Rain Man sort of does that too. It's not. I guess it's not that unique an idea, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It's there. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there aren't that many characters in media who are – who have Asperger's or are – I guess Asperger's isn't a thing anymore, right? We don't say that anymore. I don't – I can't keep up. Uh, yeah, no, because uh, I think because it's not particular. It was never like a well-defined term as separate from the rest of the spectrum. And also, Asperger was a Nazi or something uh, like this. I yeah. don't know that well, <laughs> but it's like not a thing that people really talk about or use or something. Right. But I guess my point is like there aren't that many points of comparison to make because it is pretty rare to find. I don't know what's yeah, uh, what I do you think about very... the TV arc. <laughs> I mean, honestly, this is this is my favorite part of the whole book is uh, watching <laughs> Axe do his TV stuff, uh, constantly reference things he sees on TV. He tries to act like characters that he saw on TV. He's been watching a lot of soap operas. So throughout the book, we get to see Axe do like, you know, uh, Rachel calls them soap takes, like where he pauses mid-sentence <laughs> and like turns to a fake camera. And you know what the I mean? The big face, as uh, the- Thane Furrows would say. Yes. Yeah, everybody knows exactly what you mean by that. That's another yeah, thing everyone's seen. Everyone remembers <laughs> Thane Furrow's bit about the big face. Right. <laughs> uh, Axe's favorite show is The Young and the Restless. I think that's something we need to uh, make sure is is like front and center, that Axe is going to be talking about The Young and the Restless <laughs> a lot this book. Yeah. Um, just a little background knowledge for all of you. The Young and the Restless is a soap opera. It started in 1973. As of right now, November 2023, it is still airing on TV. Uh, <laughs> it is over 50 seasons and over 12,000 episodes long. Is it the longest running show? I do not believe. Or the most episodes, might, maybe? I do not believe it is the most episodes. I think it got overtaken mm, somehow. It's up there, Like, though. maybe it didn't do enough. Some other soap beat well, it, I, yeah. I, 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 for some reason, I was looking this up a couple of weeks ago about what the longest-running shows or TV episodes were, and uh, I think maybe there's there's some, like, weird Dutch kids show or something that has had like an episode a day for 40 years or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> some of that stuff gets weird. Like what, what is the difference between something scripted like a soap and like, you know, the Lawrence Welk show? Does that count? Is that in the same ballpark? How Does... old are you? <laughs> the Lawrence Welk show. 
<laughs> That's one of them for longest running shows of all time, most episodes. All right. It's dated. It's going to be dated for the listeners, but now it's this show is dated for the hosts. It's dated for everyone. <laughs> what, you never uh, watched the Lawrence Welk show? No, because I didn't have a ever TV that was a portal into 1964. The Lawrence Welk show on <laughs> your you TV about? antenna in like 2016 that your parents still have an antenna TV and just put on Lawrence Welk show sometimes? When you had to stand up because there wasn't a remote, you had to change to one of the six channels you got? No. I didn't personally experience that era. Hmm, strange. I mean, your parents strange. aren't like weirdo Luddites, so. Yeah. Yeah, you're not supposed to say Luddite anymore. Oh, am I not? No, I don't know. I still want. I like to say it. <laughs> okay, I was hoping that you had some kind of bit as to. It's like, not. Why I no, should. it's a real. It's not problematic, but people say now that the name Luddite actually it came from like a group of people who actually were fighting for workers' rights, and it's actually like <laughs> they were actually the in the right <laughs> in that situation, and now we say it disparagingly. But <laughs> whatever. And so what? So they're gonna get offended. Listen, I'm all about workers' rights and stuff. I just don't think that I think that's it's a more worthwhile it's... thing to get upset about. I think you're right. I think you're right. <laughs> Let's just we, could, we don't have to talk about it anymore. Yeah. The, so the Axe TV stuff. Your parents it, weren't like Ted Kaczynski's. I also <laughs> switch the term up. <laughs> I also can we please? I'm more of a you know I, I like to reference more like John Wayne Gacy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he didn't. I mean, he ate boys. He didn't. Uh, I know, hate but I, I feel like they're in a similar. They kind of are in a, the same. They're they're like in a Venn diagram somewhere. He was like a clown. There's a difference between a clown and a guy who hates TV. You can't. They both just have pretend. like musical names though. Kaczynski, Wengacy. Yeah, you're but, right. I know exactly what you mean. But uh, anyway, the Axe TV thing. Oh yeah, I also re- I think these messages is very funny. Yes, I agree. He thinks that when they say after these messages, Axe thinks that these messages is just the name of of another show. Yeah, it's like a series of very short TV shows, and they're his favorite shows are these messages. And it's always capitalized, (laughs) italicized when he talks about it. Yeah. Now, I know that you're going to push back on this, but and, and again, I do like this stuff. But it does feel, again, a little bit like, I don't know, not again, but it feels a little like, I don't know, is this who Axe is? I guess it is, but is he going to be like this in the in the next book is my question. Like, is this character development or is this just, hey, it'd be funny if Axe watched TV and then we're not maybe going to hear about it again ever in the future? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just curious about where what this is. If, is this just a gag or is this kind of a, is this Axe? being introduced to human culture in a new way that's significant. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel you. And, you know, that can also be a problem with some of these characters who only get one book every 10 books, where, like, even if you do a gag, you know, uh, like, if you do something in one book, you end up looking at it and you're like, Axe gets all of, what, four books, five books? Yeah, right. You know, so, like, this is now 20% minimum of who he is. Right. <laughs> uh, so, like, that's, you know, gag or no gag, this is a part of his character now. <laughs> yeah, which is a weird uh, thing to me, another side effect of having the single character POV books when it's mm-hmm. when you don't really check in with anybody outside of those books. <laughs> that it's like, oh, you can just, like you said, you can make a thing that is now 
20% of that character's existence just in one book. It's strange. Yeah, and it can be the only book you wrote for the entire series. <laughs> that too, yeah. A, this random person, Amy Garvey, just is a significant contributor to Axe lore now. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's strange. I guess you could say the same thing about like a a movie where there's three movies and I don't know. It doesn't matter. I don't. What are we talking about anyway? It doesn't mean anything. Can, do you understand that we haven't really even hit on my first note yet <laughs> that I wrote down? Oh, I mean, I, I understand that. I have a couple of notes about what's actually happening here. Um, but, but like, listen, before we get to that, uh, there's a part where uh, Axe morphs into uh, a human and he's ready to go to the mall. And, uh, and, and Marco tells him he needs to put on a shirt. So Axe says... The men who are young and restless do not wear shirts. <laughs> I am young, and I am occasionally restless. Axe? Yes, Marco? Put on a shirt. Yeah, that's very funny. <laughs> it's, yeah. Come on, I mean, there's a reason this is my favorite part of this book. Oh, I thought you were about to, I was like, what's what's the last part of this sentence? I was scared. Uh-oh. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's fine. Um but I, I want to talk, I do want to talk more about Axe in general and his development. Cause also him uh with Tobias, we get a mention right mm. up top of them being Shorm. Yes. And again, another side effect to me of of I'm going, oh yeah, right. They are Shorm. I understand that because I remember they said it, but yeah. Like when's the last time they did anything together? <laughs> and that one's really hard because they're specifically Shorms because they um because they're like I mean it's not the only reason but like part of it is the fact that they're both loners who have this like life away from everyone else. So, yeah. you know, it's not like Tobias and Rachel where it's like you get regular Rachel books where they could be progressing it. You get to see their interactions as part of the group. The most meaningful acts and Tobias interactions are always going to be the ones where they're just hanging out in their field while everyone else is at school. And that like can't show up in the other books, uh, yeah. which is a problem. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a bummer. Cause I, I, this is, this was one of my early notes I wrote. Wow. After, after all these books, because he because he talks about how he you know acts reminds the reader that he is Tobias's uncle, mm-hmm. and I said, oh, we finally get to have Axe and Tobias's familial relationship explored. I was wrong about that. <laughs> that doesn't happen. What they just sit around watching TV together? Is this not a normal uncle nephew relationship? <laughs> like if you see your relatives on Thanksgiving, what do you do? I mean, do you? I guess no. I don't know what I want really, but it just seems like mm-hmm. there should have been some moment where they like acknowledge even anyone in the group. I feel like there's never been a time when somebody went, Oh, Holy shit. You guys are related. Like this, that whole yes. ep- epiphany, like they just have not treated it with the weight it deserves. I don't think. Yeah. Nobody seems to care that much about that. In, fa- <laughs> in fact, that all happened like off screen to Tobias found out about Elfangor, and then, like, I don't think... We, no, we, it was next book after that. Did, was it even next book? Because that happened in book 23, and I don't remember them mentioning that specifically until book 26. Yeah, no, yeah, that's what I mean, is, like, they they read the letter, and then it was like, okay, we're done. On yeah, the next and then thing. you just... 
Yeah, and so then, like, you know, months later, the other Animorphs are like, and we found out about that in the meantime at some point, and we've dealt with it now. It's dealt with. <laughs> yeah, which maybe it's because, oh, it's just too much backstory to have to explain for someone who doesn't know, but mm-hmm. I, I don't, it's, it's, that is so weird to me because it was, and it was treated like such a, appropriately so, like it's a big twist in Andalite yeah. Chronicles, and there's just not really any resolution from it, but. Whatever. <laughs> Doesn't yeah. matter, I no. guess. <laughs> I mean, look, you get to see them being shorms. They're hanging out watching TV. They're, like, competing over who can see Marco first, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I like funny. that bit where Axe is like, I saw him two minutes ago. I saw him three minutes ago. That kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how many orcs did you kill? Yeah. I uh, mean, they're clearly friends. I, mean, I I see enough of the Shorm thing, even if there's nothing moving, like earth shattering about it. Like, I don't know. Yes. But uh, but yes, the uncle thing is just not, it just doesn't matter. What is the axe it apparently folds down the roof of his scoop? Yeah, I don't know what that means, but he sure does it. <laughs> what the fuck is his, what is a scoop made of? I thought it was just a hole. I'm I'm kind of picturing Patrick's house from SpongeBob. <laughs> yeah, like I always imagine. <laughs> I, I I think they've described sort of it before. It is I think supposed to be like a like a little dugout area, but then it's got like a tarp over the top to keep out the the rain or whatever. Maybe it's like dug in so you can kind of like enter, and the the roof is sort of also like a door, like a garage. Yeah, like door. maybe Axe made his special, so you. I'm not quite sure. How this I works. Don't know. But he I don't, can hide his scoop. But also the TV stuff, that's this is where I'm thinking about <laughs> there's this is way I have way too much to say apparently about this opening chapter where nothing happens. I have a lot here too. It's okay. <laughs> but you know, he's talking about the young and the restless, and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm kind of you know, we're yeah. zipping back and forth a little bit that's here. That's fine. But, but uh and he's he's asking he also needs to figure out what kissing is. He doesn't understand that. Mm-hmm. And that's the part where I thought, oh, this maybe is where, like, the the girls are like, I could teach Axe how to kiss, you know? Mm. Like, that's kind of a, a romantic possibility. Yeah. Now, he also says, uh, uh, the hole is used for eating and for forming mouth sounds, as well as kissing, <laughs> spitting, vomiting, and belching. Humans do a great deal with their mouths, most of it rather pointless. Which, I mean, if that... You know, if that isn't romantic, I don't know what it is. I don't know either. In the running again, I think this is another one of those potential best sentences of the series. <laughs> it is pretty good. Uh, how do you feel about the fact that inside Axe's scoop, he has a framed picture of a cinnamon bun? I love that. That's fantastic. <laughs> that's his Farrah Fawcett poster. Yeah, that's his um, Iron Maiden. Like sure. Mr. 3 has on his... Oh, 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 right. I thought you Yeah, I don't mean like the band. (laughs) Okay, right. I forgot. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's pretty good. How many cinnamon buns do you think Axe can eat? Because they do talk about this a little bit. What do you think? I don't know, but there is another book. And like, this is a specific incident that happened in another book. Uh, He did. We've already passed some book where he ate so many cinnamon buns that he was like, I think that I may have to go to the hospital. I did not know there was a capacity limit on the human stomach or something it must have been book 18 but (laughs) and also if he morphs back i don't remember where we landed on this is he if he morphs in and out is he hungry again (laughs) i have no 
fucking idea. <laughs> All right. It's just, it's a mystery. It doesn't. It doesn't is a make... mystery. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Are we, should we uh, get to the mall yet? Or do you want to say more I about Axe? Well, they didn't like get to the mall. No, I'm. Oh, oh. But they okay. were like oh. on their way to the mall when Eric oh. shows up. Oh, sure. Oh, oh, really? They don't. They don't see Eric at the mall. Oh, right. I he's didn't a truck. think so. Eric is a f- yeah. He's a truck. <laughs> I don't know why he's not a kid. Like they, he just runs. All he wants to do is walk up to them and say like, "Hey guys, like, why is he just why is he a truck?" Just to be clear for listeners, Eric the Chi is projecting a hologram of a truck. Yeah. Well, maybe he's maybe he's spying on Yerks, and that's this is like a better cover than a kid is a truck parked somewhere. I guess. I mean, if you were I, a truck yeah. <laughs> instead of a boy, <laughs> yeah, that's probably what Visser Three sings to him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, now, now, so, yeah, Eric. Yeah, Eric. So he, we're back to Eric shows up at the beginning to tell them the plot of the book because they they don't feel like having a like an organic intro. You know, like they can't just stumble on this themselves. Eric has to show up. And tell them. And and Eric, it's pretty bad here because here he's just like, Yerk's got this, can't give you any additional details. I don't know anything about it. Who knows? This is just go here, go to place and look at thing and figure it out. Um, <laughs> and after we had several books where like we actually saw Eric like interact with them for real. I don't know. I'm not feeling it as much here. This is the second book in a row where this we found Eric at a mall <laughs> and, and that's the beginning i know he's not technically at the mall i guess in this one but yeah i mean i I, guess that's true it's starting to hit the point where i'm getting kind of sick of eric to be honest with you (laughs) yeah i don't mind eric if he's just there but like it does it does seem like you know you want to use eric for the stuff you need him for like what if the animorphs need to leave town for a week okay well cool Mm. that means we got the chi that allows us to do this storyline and not like the Animorphs could have stumbled onto this naturally, but I'm not going to bother writing that. Let's just, Eric did it. And this is, to be clear, I think this one is a K.A. Applegate problem. I don't think this is the ghostwriter's fault. I think that K.A. Applegate was like, in her outline, was like, how do they find out? I don't fucking know. Eric tells them. Just write that. <laughs> Probably right. Probably right. Or at least she didn't supply a better way. Yeah. It does kind of make the Animorphs seem uh, in, in un- incapable of figuring things out on their own like they're now dependent on him but i guess they're busy (laughs) they have to go to school he doesn't and you gotta wonder like because you know they're like oh well you can't do these things that might put you in danger have violence we can't direct you to do that we can only give you intel but if every single one of the animorphs missions is coming from (laughs) the chi it kind of does seem like maybe the chi are directing them I don't know. Are they not culpable in the, the Animorph violence? I don't know. They clearly are. I mean, I think at at the very least, Eric is, he's found a loophole. I think he mm-hmm. actually, he, he, he's aware of this. He's, he's lying to himself or he's found a loophole in his programming because you can only deny this for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I guess, I don't know. I, I was at the mall. What, what, what's the part? Rachel shows up, or is that not until... Do they, they just all, go to the barn? I thought they all went back to the barn. I could double check and see, but I was under the impression they all just, like, they meet up with Eric, and they're like, ah, fuck, we gotta look into this Yerk meat packing plant and oh, yeah, you're testing right. lab to remind the listeners what we're talking about. 
you're and then right. they all just go back to the barn. Yeah, you're right. My okay. Bad. Okay. <laughs> so we do get a little conversation there. Uh, I should mention, actually, this is important before we talk about anything real that happens here. Rachel mentions email once again. You get another email drop here. <laughs> wow. The 90s are in full swing, baby. The 90s are in full swing. I think that's exciting. She's going to mm-hmm. email notes to Jake because he's been doing bad in old lady chambers class. Oh, I hate that bitch. Yeah, same. I almost said the C word. <laughs> but I I didn't feel it was warranted this time. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's not that bad. Right. <laughs> it would have been funnier, though, if yeah, I just, said that. Just take it easy on old lady chambers. Her heart can't take it. And by the C word, I mean chambers. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Actually, I have uh, another C word I want to talk about, but it's, it's coming up. But is you it continue. Cassie? <laughs> no, it's not Cassie, but we'll get to it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I see what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, but Cassie, here we do see Cassie uh, immediately is pissed off about the idea of animal testing in general. Um, so... I don't, I don't know. Do you have any immediate thoughts here on this? On what you just said about Cassie and animal testing? Cassie and her feelings on animal testing. Well, I mean, again, I feel like I'm front-loading this podcast because I, I can yeah, kind of speak to that, but it's like a broader thought I have about the book as a whole, I suppose. That's reasonable. Yeah, no, I mean, I have things to say about this. I, I was just going to start talking about it here, but there is there is uh, quite a bit of that. There's like a running theme of this animal testing throughout the book. Um, God, we better be front-loading this podcast how much time we're spending on <laughs> like chapter two. <laughs> we are. This is a light yeah. one. We are, we are. Um, no, I, I mean, I'm just going to say- nation. I'm going to lay my cards on the table right here and say that while it is in character for Cassie to be anti-animal testing, uh, Cassie here speaks very much as though she is a mouthpiece for the ghostwriter to me. Huh. I, mm. it, I, it comes across to me like the ghostwriter was all like, I'm, I want to make, I want to say something about this and I'm feeling having Cassie say it. I did think that this is one of the more, uh, you know, Ms. Uh, let animals vote <laughs> yeah don't eat meat books that we've had in a while yeah and i'm gonna draw some unkind inferences about amy i might have some unkind Uh-oh. thoughts in my head about amy but i i there's a part of me that kind of gets the feeling that amy reads cassie's books and she sees the parts where cassie is uh, you know, she sees Cassie the hypocrite. She sees Cassie, uh, the the nuanced character who, um, understands that something is terrible, but understands that it has to be done, and then does it, and then doesn't know how to cope with it or handle the fact that she's done something bad and is full of self doubt and is full of contradictions, and doesn't really identify with that part of Cassie. Uh, but then sees Cassie the you know preachy, holier than thou scold, who's like. Mm, I know what's best for everyone and says, I agree with that. I do know what's best for everyone. And I got some feelings about this. (laughs) I'm just going to lay my cards on the table here and say that I don't get good vibes from Amy. That's her name, right? Amy Garvey. Sounds like you're anti-Cassie to me. Mm. Sounds like you hate Cassie. I I mean, listen, it's not, it's not, it's not 
outside of Cassie's personality to be very upset about this here. And if and if it were just if it were just a Cassie thing, but like when Marco pushes back on it, she like it's almost like she goes out of her way to make her or to make him um like sound like an ass. And throughout the book, we're gonna see a lot of stuff. I don't know. I kind of get the feeling that she's trying to push a message with this, and I don't get the feeling that it is a particularly well thought out or nuanced message on an issue that I think is an interesting and nuanced moral issue. I don't think that it holds up to anamorph standards of like, Hmm. hold on, this is something that requires some real thought and doesn't have easy answers. Well, maybe I guess this is one of those situations where you might want to step back and remember this is 1999 and... This kind of stuff was probably just starting to become like a mainstream topic of discussion, right? Like, ve- even, like vegetarianism was not really like a thing anyone cared mm-hmm. about until like 2007, you know? Like, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it doesn't hold up now, but maybe for the time it was a little more – it was something yeah. – I mean, it could be, and and you know, it's not like there the history of animal testing hasn't been significantly uh, worse. But I I think that by the time you're in the late '90s, uh, I don't know, I don't know. It it comes across to me as as sort of like somebody who read some scare articles, like BuzzFeed quality scare articles, doesn't have a lot of direct experiences being in these labs or. Um, or interacting with regulatory bodies that are trying to make sure that labs are being run humanely and um, doesn't necessarily have a full picture of what's happening, which again, Cassie is supposed to be a teenager. She wouldn't necessarily have this, but I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, for me, the I, I didn't have much of an issue with this take. My, I was more annoyed by her other takes <laughs> as I have been in the past, but well, yeah, we'll get to that. Reasonable, and like I said, I would I would be less irritated if I didn't think that the book is trying to push it, push the idea as a whole on me. My other issue with Cassie is why has she always got her arm in some orifice of a fucking goose? Yeah, right. I think <laughs> it's, it's later in the book, but yes, yeah, it's a later barn scene, but we do get a good uh, a good honk 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 as the goose is uh, upset with her. Is that later? Yeah, well, there's the whole, I'm just saying, this is like the fourth or fifth book, I swear, that they've, like, recently, where they keep talking about she's either given it a suppository or she's got her hand in its mouth. Like, why is it always a goose? I don't, how many injured geese? (laughs) What's going on? I've never seen it. Have you ever seen a goose, like, goose roadkill or an injured goose? I've never seen it in my life. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I've seen a shitload of geese, and they are kind of bastards. So, like, it wouldn't surprise me if they get injured a lot. But maybe in know, presumably they're all getting eaten by foxes or whatever. Wait, you don't see? Come on, you see Canadian geese all the time. You have to. Oh they're yeah, everywhere. I, I see them. I yeah, I guess, but I don't go outside that much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so then, so then, what what scene are we even at? <laughs> what are we talking about here? The c word yet or no? Yeah, we can get to the c word. So they um, so okay. So they're gonna they're gonna go check out these these your facilities. They uh, they fly out to the testing lab. It's surrounded by a um shock front force field, which is somehow not electric. I don't know. Don't worry about it. It's a shock front force field. Uh, so they got to go in uh, via truck, um, because there are trucks that go up to this animal lab carrying in the c word. I'm assuming 
chimps. Mm. <laughs> that, that's still not the C word. <laughs> it's not it? It's not chimps? No, it's not chimps. What the hell is it if it's not chimps? I was th- I looked at that. I was just like, oh, yeah, John's really excited for the chimps. There's no way. What the fuck is it? <laughs> it's something so much stupider. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I guess only I will get to take issue with. All right. Well, you get to – I'm excited to find out how this, your brain this works. Is, this is when they're talking about um, – uh, you know, they're finding out about the plan. They're wondering what the Yerks are going to do. Maybe I'm a, maybe I'm ahead of you. I don't I really understand. No, this, this, these chimps are later. This is when they're finding out about the, that they got to sneak in and everything. And they yes. talk about uh, what, what McDonald's special sauce is made of. And Rachel says, mayonnaise, catsup, and relish. And that's the C word. Yeah, she doesn't say ketchup. She says and you just assumed that catsup. I would know what you were talking about because Rachel said that. Yeah, because I, to I me, thought it would have something to do with like the plot or something that happened. <laughs> to me, that's like that was a big bright red alarm going off on the page of like what the fuck's wrong with this kid that she says catsup. That's not right. <laughs> I mean, that's what like Garfield says. You know, as soon as I read that, my head just went to Garfield also. I was like, no one fucking says that. I guess that's in Garfield. But (laughs) if someone said to you in real life, pass me the catsup, you'd kick him in the teeth. Say, fuck you. I mean, maybe she pronounces it ketchup, but like, I don't know. This is, I don't know. I just think this is not right. Okay. I, I think it's fucked I'm up. glad I, we've got this pointed out. I blame Amy Garvey for it. <laughs> yeah, that's that one is her fault. Kay Applegate did not write in her outline. Rachel says cats up. So. Yeah. Okay. Continue. Whatever. There's chimps to going into this two. testing. <laughs> there's chimps going into this testing facility. Um uh, so they're going to – yeah, they got this crazy plan uh, where they, they morph seagulls. They, like, land on the delivery truck, um, and then they, like, demorph on the roof. They're, you know, uh, they're, like, going through a tunnel, and the top is, like, inches away from them. I don't know. It's, like, some Mission like Impossible speed. shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there you go. And um, and they got to get down into the truck, and um, and then they, uh, they release all the real chimps out into traffic, and they uh, take their place. So they acquire and morph these chimps and get into the chimps' um, cages. <clears throat> it's kind of a big scene. It's kind of a big scene. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. The action sequence here, I don't know. I, as a kid, I did find it hard to follow. There's there's a lot of um, like very specific descriptions of like exactly how they're pulling themselves into the truck. And it, as a kid, I always remember it being like kind of hard to visualize exactly what was going on. Uh, and here I'm just like, yeah, whatever. They they get off the top of the truck and into the back, whatever. Fuck it. Well, um, not it's not only hard to visualize. Am I wrong, or are they doing this in broad daylight? They are, and there's a guy behind them, like watching them too. <laughs> what, like, what is this? Is we we have come here from you know the first ten books was constantly Jake being like, you you can't use your powers for if it's not extremely vital. Stop, never do it. And here they are, just like, hey, we're on top of the roof. I'm a fucking animorph. There's an andalite here morphing and shit. Like, what are they doing? 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you could think that maybe maybe the guy didn't see them until they were people, and so he, like, thought that they were, like, activists letting the chimps go or something. But, like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Axe is, like, half-morphed as he's coming down. I mean, he must see the birds, like, fly on top of the truck, and then people come from out of nowhere. Like, what? It's, it's, there's not... It's... Yeah. It's, I don't it's know, a, man. It's a terrible place. Well, maybe they say they're in a tunnel. Do they say that? Do they, like, They go do into... say they're in a tunnel, yes. So maybe it's but... dark in the tunnel. But there is just a guy watching them. <laughs> yeah. And also, just, you don't know. Like, they didn't know. Yeah. It could have been traffic. They, they have no idea who's going to be around looking at this. Yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's terrible. Also, along those lines, Axe mentions specific names of streets. Yes. And Jake, I don't have it written down, but I think Jake even says at some point, like uh, the the uh, route that they're taking. You know what I mean? Like he he's like, oh, well, they'll go from this street to this street to this street and that'll take them from the university to the testing lab or something like that. Yeah. Like it's very specific. <laughs> I mean, this goes back to the the recurring joke of like, oh, it wasn't I guess we'll never know which meat processing plant this book was about. Too bad yeah. we can't find those animal andalite bandits. We still don't know they're humans. Like <laughs> none of it. Yeah. <laughs> Why am I trying to poke holes in it? It never made sense, but but this felt like you're not usually allowed to do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh well. What are you going to do? We kind of got robbed of an axe morphing into a chimp cover. Yeah, I agree with you. That would have been great. I guess the cow is more plot. I mean, no, they're both pretty important, actually. Yeah, they know. both work pretty well. Um, I, I, like, I guess I see why they went for the cow, but like it, the chimps, man. Is there ever I, a I would... chimp later? We've had a gorilla. Is that the only primate? Can't think of any primates. That would be a real well, shame. I mean, okay, Besides technically I can think of some primates, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, besides that, besides that. And this mm. is where, I don't know, and that was when we start talking about Cassie feeling guilty because the chimps are too smart for her. Yeah, uh, and this is, you know, and, and again, I don't really feel this, and I think part of it is because you're not seeing it from Cassie's point of view, um, and so like everybody just makes like she barely even says it like it, it's almost like Axe starts worrying about it since when right. has Axe cared about this? He, he I don't know. Okay. Um, well, I mean, you're just you're you're hitting on <laughs> what I want to say about this book, which is this. Why is this not a Cassie book? Mm-hmm. It, you know what? It feels like Amy Garvey it was a big Cassie fan, but she just got stuck with an axe book. But she's like, ah, I'm going to kind of make it a Cassie book, though, <laughs> like because this is that's, what I got. That's fair. But like, again, I I don't get a sense of the interesting parts of Cassie from this book. I get a sense of the obnoxious parts. And so I'm kind of glad she didn't get a Cassie book. I don't um, know. I think if you got more into her perspective of like th- there's especially later on there's this moral dilemma uh-huh um, yeah and i'm going to talk about that i have like a whole rant for that moral dilemma but like i mean great. you know what that that moral dilemma actually uh, illustrates un- it's like evidence as to why i think this is bad because if that that moral dilemma you find out about it at the very end and then 
it, it gets resolved in two pages. <laughs> yeah. And there's no plot reason that it couldn't have been introduced at the beginning of the book and discussed for the entirety of the book. And the fact that it wasn't, I think, speaks to the fact that it wasn't actually very well thought out and she didn't actually have anything to say. You know, I don't think this would have been better if you were in Cassie's head. Well, you're 100% right about pretty much everything you just said. <laughs> but, I, but I just think at least it, it's just strange to me that in a again in a series where normally the only mm-hmm. character who gets anything significant to do is the POV mm-hmm. character why does it feel like at least 40% of this book is about Cassie mm-hmm. that, it's just yeah. I, I don't understand that where or again like maybe i don't know i always say again and it's not always again so i apologize but going back a little bit maybe helmicron's book is an axe book <laughs> And maybe you swap these two. Like, I, I, it just, it feels like we're getting to a point now. This to me almost is maybe the biggest sign that K.A. Applegate isn't directly at the helm anymore. Is that it just kind of feels like the Animorphs show up for work and 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 somebody's handing out their assignments for the year. <laughs> it's like, here, Axe, mm. you get this one, you get this one. It doesn't always feel as tightly constructed to me anymore. Mm-hmm. And this is, I thought this book was another example of that. Yeah, I, I, I do sort of agree. Um, <clears throat> I don't think that that is consistently true for the rest of the season. I think it's going to be on and off for the rest of the season. Sometimes you're going to be like, oh yeah, this was really good use of character. And sometimes it's not, but yes, I think that is a, a, a problem. The, I do think that there is some thought to making Axe the POV character here because you do get a little bit later on. Um, I'm now really front loading cause I'm like thinking about <laughs> notes that I have later, but there's a, there's a, you, um, like, again, if you think of this book as being Amy Garvey trying to write a message about the ethics of animal testing and meatpacking plants for children, mm. there's something to be said for putting an alien perspective on it, specifically a grazing alien perspective, right? For saying like, Cassie's going to have her biases, Marco's going to have his biases, but Axe is coming in from a full outsider perspective. What would the aliens think if they saw what we did as people? Would they be ashamed of us? What would they think of us? I think there's some merit to that if you're trying to to um, to discuss those points. And I do think that's an element of what's happening in this book. Yeah, that makes sense. And don't get me wrong, I, I like all the Axe stuff in this book. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily want to lose that stuff Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it's, yeah, I, I get it, but it just, I, I mean, and maybe it's just because it's so, it stands out to me more because it's so rare that any other animorph, unless it's like Tobias yeah. in a Rachel book or something like that, like Axe and Cassie aren't usually the go-to pair. So yeah, it was just interesting yeah. that, that this plot happened to come up here, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, I get yeah. it. No, I, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Um, so the chimps escape and they replace them and nobody notices. Well, the chimps are out. <laughs> There's chimps are out and about now. They're uh-huh. like jumping on cars and stuff. They're probably uh-huh. going to get rounded up and, I don't know, put down or some shit. I think there's a part later where they try to imply that didn't happen, but like, I don't, come on, man. Um <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about about chimps and some of the things yeah. this book says about chimps. Uh, sure. In addition to, uh, you know, let's just start off with the. Uh, I'm not. Can I Top even five do this? Chimps. Go. I'm gonna like break my mic if I try to 
read out all of the chimp onomatopoeia here. <laughs> yeah, don't. Oh my god. Okay. Just don't. Jesus. There's a lot. There's a lot of just chimps shrieking. They go ooh you know, ah ah and stuff. Yeah 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 oog oog hoo hoo ah ha 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 ha. You know that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, do one. Just do one of them. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Now you built it know. up. The listeners okay, are going to okay. want to hear it. It could be, it could be like a... <laughs> like that, maybe. Okay, I'm curious to see how that's going to sound in the, <laughs> in the final show, because I think Discord uh, like cut your audio out. They were like, we're protecting you from this. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking at this. I sure did something. <laughs> yeah, um, so chimps, which so by the chimps. way, Axe, Axe wants to fuck chimps. Yeah, well, he says they're slightly more attractive than humans. And we know he wants to fuck humans, so. I mean, in all of my fanfics, he does. <laughs> right. Um, He talks about, first he talks about, like, um, chimps having intelligence and him feeling it in their mind. And he talks about, I have a lot of issues with how this book sees <laughs> chimps. Just, first he talks about, like, oh, well, they don't have as much in the way of instinct because they have more in the way of intelligence, which... I immediately read and go, what the fuck? Like, you know, it seems it's like you're presenting it as like instinct and intelligent or like antithetical and you can only you're having one or the other as though like, I don't know. To me, this feels this actually feels kind of like human chauvinist where it's like, oh, I'm I don't use instinct. I'm I'm too smart for instinct. Like, no, you don't, you're not as rational as you think you are. You have a lot of instincts and you operate them up on them all the time and then after the fact you talk about why you actually did it intentionally and uh and that's why you went to taco bell and gorged yourself or something because you made a conscious decision not because you're acting on no 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 <laughs> like you're not that in control of yourself man um <laughs> i'm just i'm just laughing because this is the the level of insight and and vitriol this inspires in you is for me the only equivalent is the use of the word cats up <laughs> i mean I, I i have a lot of thoughts on chimps that i think are really i think chimps are cool but uh i don't i don't know that this book understands chimps well yeah and i'm I, this is po- a post good all a post diane fossey world right true so she should know better right there's That's a point I, yeah. later where uh she the, the the book refers to humans as chimps' much more violent cousins, which is wrong. Mm. Uh, chimps are kind of violent, I thought, aren't they? Aren't chimps they are mean? like, yes, chimps are extremely violent. They're like probably more oh, violent than humans. I guess I forgot that humans are also pretty violent. <laughs> we are, but like chimps, I think, are more violent than humans. They're pretty violent. When are they going to morph some bonobos in one of these books? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, bonobos are a subspecies. Of oh, yeah. Chimp. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're not that violent. They're just extremely sexual. I was big and I loved chimps when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. As if you'll recall, my, my one of my first AIM screen names we discussed was Poke Chimp 210. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I loved Jane Goodall. Like, I don't, I, I thought monkeys were the best as a kid. <laughs> yeah. And, and Jane Goodall was actually the one who introduced the world to the idea that chimps were insanely violent. Like, mm. it was Jane Goodall who, like, cataloged the chimp wars that were ongoing. Ooh, the chimp uh, and wars. she, like, yeah, she, like, like, wrote multiple times how she was, like, shocked by the levels of brutality that they displayed against each other. Um, yeah. So I would have loved this book, I think, as a kid. Now, I, I also, Axe, if we're assuming, look, what, whatever the intelligence of a chimp is and what intelligence means, yeah. up, that's up for debate. Sure. 
why is Axe worried about the morality of this when he literally morphs into a human all the fucking time? Isn't yeah, that the I same thing? <laughs> like, I guess he asked them for permission, but it, uh, I, it I does guess. feel like it's only Cassie. Like, it's all like, we don't do this. Like, I think in, in another book, Axe said, like, the only reason we don't do this is because Cassie doesn't like it. And like, okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> he just trusts her. He's like, he doesn't really know anything. He's like, oh, Cassie doesn't yeah. like it. Jake, Prince Jake respects it. So I do mm. too. Yeah, right. She, I, I mean, if he, she's like Princess Cassie in a way. Hmm. I suppose. So the chimps escaped and then they replaced the chimps? Yes. I actually have more to say about chimps than this part. (laughs) I'm just trying to understand the logistics. Now there's a bunch of chimps running around and they're in the – How did no one notice – The truck driver did not look in his rearview mirror and notice these chimps jumping on cars because they described the chimps jumping on cars. But doesn't he get out and the doors are open and the chimps are gone? Well, they Cassie closes the doors behind them. So they never know that they were gone. No. How did I maybe it's just because it's <clears throat> preposterous to imagine like six chimps coming out of a truck and no one noticing. <laughs> I don't understand. I, they, <laughs> there is a scene in which one of the chimps jumps up and down on top of a nearby car and the the kids in the car are like, "Yay, a monkey." And the parents are like, "Ah, oh, chimps going to kill us." The truck yeah. driver does not notice this. <laughs> and the truck driver, I'm assuming, is a controller or no? Must probably. Yeah. I would I, think so. This there, There's really a lot of plot convenience built in here for this to work. <laughs> yes. No, it doesn't. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but they did all morph different chimps this time, I think. Yes. Yes. They released six chimps and they morphed six chimps. So I give them credit for that. Yeah, they're not all the same one. Uh, can I just get back oh, on my chimp my God. thing? I here? was trying so hard. I was hoping you'd no. forget. <laughs> no, no, because this is the coolest point. This is the most interesting thing that I really like. So okay, <clears throat> okay. There's a whole on. thing here where he says, uh, he says, you know, chimpanzees are proof of the unpredictability of evolution. Many humans think evolution involves improvement. Of course, it does not. It merely involves survivability. Uh, you know, he goes on to talk about like humans are weaker, but their brains are more capable. Now there's an implication in here that human beings evolved from chimps. Um, but, uh, Mm. they did not. Chimps and human beings evolved from the same common ancestor. And, uh, what's no, and this is, what's really cool about this is because like you, we have this tendency to think that like humans are like the more evolved, uh, species because like oh we're the end point of evolution yeah. but that's not true in all ways like chimp hands are significantly more evolved than our hands right our hands are closer to the hands of our closest common ancestor with chimps than chimp hands are which I think is awesome because chimp hands have evolved to be better at knuckle walking right isn't that cool <laughs> don't you love that I just at first I thought you were just abbreviating them to chimp hands you know the good old oh, chimpanzees. Oh, yeah, the chimpanzees. <laughs> I was like, "What are we? You dropping the Z now? You're on a first name basis with chimpanzees?" <laughs> it's the uh, precursor series, the chimpan no, and then chimpanzee. Yeah, you're right. That is really cool and uh, awesome. Yeah, chimps are really cool. Chimpans. <laughs> right, the chimpanzees. Chimpans. Did you did you know that um that that chimpanzees might not... use their chimpans to wear chimp pants? 
it's not just that uh, that chimps are our closest uh, relatives. We're also chimps' closest relatives. Chimps are closer to us than they are to gorillas. Would it be? I, I'm the more we say chimp, the more I feel like it's a slur. <laughs> <laughs> I I feel like thinking it's a slur might make you racist. <laughs> well, touche. <laughs> I just I I think in Planet of the Apes they probably don't like it if you call them chimps. They're like, "Ooh, dude, mm, yeah. no." <laughs> yeah, Caesar would not be pleased. Mm-hmm. These okay, chimps so top, probably would have done better if they had Caesar with them. Top 5 chimps: Caesar, mm-hmm. um um Dunstan. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Uh I don't know if Cornelius and Zira count cuz they're kind of more evolved forms of chimps. So I'm going to stick with classic chimps. I was going to say, are they both actually chimps or are they They are other? chimps. Okay, no, okay. yeah, they're chimps. They're for sure. Um, oh, I had another one. I had another good – oh, yeah, the one from uh, from Nope. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that. I was trying to remember his name. There's a Z- Bonzo. Zero or something? Oh, <clears throat> uh, Maybe. Yeah, who's Bonzo? Uh, from the classic movie Bedtime for Bonzo starring Ronald Reagan. <laughs> And oh, a chimp and, named Bonzo. Yeah. <laughs> then I guess we'll round out the list with Bubbles, Michael Jackson's mm. chimp. Yeah, that's a good one too. Uh, what about Nim Chimpsky? No, you don't. You don't like Nim Chimpsky? <laughs> no, I don't. Not know. Not a fan of him. No, the ape who signed the longest sentence ever signed by an ape. <laughs> You're weird. <laughs> you don't. You don't. Uh, you're Do you not. Think- uh, Let's get let's let's move on. You don't. I think we should move no, no. on to the lab. Listen, you don't. His his longest sentence was uh, "Give orange me, give eat orange me, eat orange, give me eat orange, give me you." You looked that up. I did because I don't okay. I don't have it memorized, but okay. I did know very basically what it meant. Thank God. <laughs> Well, this is almost, I didn't know this was going to be like the new dolphin episode. I didn't know there would be this much chimp talk here. Oh, yeah. Just uh, just wait till we get to the part where Axe says a math formula. Uh, I think I stopped reading before that happened. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. We can get to the lab. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Listen. Please go. I don't have that much to say about the rest of this go. book except the very end. <laughs> so they get to the lab. Uh, the handlers they put them in the cages. Uh, they all, they the handlers all leave and they're like, oh cool, place we we got opportunity. So Cassie gets out of the cage and demorphs. Um, and suddenly Visser three busts in. Right, the handlers all left because they were scared and they didn't want to be around. So they're like, oh shit. Um, they have to distract Visser three before he catches Cassie. So they all start throwing poop at him. Um, and all the real chimps follow and he and his controllers all get covered with poop and they leave, which gives Cassie time to remorph. Um, Visser 3 is pissed. He wants all the chimps killed. He's like, you know what? We finished the experiment anyway. We don't need to test on these chimps. Feed them all to the taxons. Um, they're going to get out, but but Cassie is like, no, no, we got to save the chimps first. Um, and Jake's like, no, but Cassie's like, fuck you, I'm doing it anyway. And Rachel's like, yeah, fuck you, I'm doing it too. So they have to go along with it. They let the chimps out, they fuck up the taxons, and they escape while the taxons eat each other. But the real chimps don't really follow them out because they're too stupid. So I guess they all eventually get eaten by taxons. (laughs) (laughs) I guess. All right. (laughs) Not the... Not the... Not the best... Uh, look for Visser 3's PR, you know? No. 
for Visser Three's campaign to look scary and menacing and intelligent yeah. <laughs> might be his worst book yet for just turning into a Saturday morning cartoon villain. Now he does a guy's arm or hand gets cut off. Yes. And he picks it up and hands it to him and says, here, reattach it. <laughs> What's that? Does he think that's how it works? <laughs> this reminds me, I'm trying to remember what this is from, but there's like, I think it's a Jackie Chan movie where some guy gets like Tuxedo, fucked up. probably. I was thinking First Strike. I don't know, but like some guy gets like <laughs> fucked up, like maybe he falls into like a tank of poisonous sea urchins or something. And, like, the scary boss guy, like, throws him over to one of the other guys and is like, fix him. (laughs) And I just think about that line here. (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. That's funny both times. I was genuinely confused, though, reading it. I was like, does he – I really don't know. Does he mean that? Like, do they have the technology to do that? (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe the Yerks have that tech or maybe he doesn't know the humans don't have that tech or – Maybe he's taunting him. It's not clear if this is supposed to be funny or what. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, Uh, I think it's supposed to be funny, but I don't know. Maybe not. There's not like a beat after it. Like, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. not to not to say anything negative about Animorphs writing, but usually you can (laughs) tell if there's a joke that there's like a laugh point. (laughs) And uh, here he just keeps going. So I just wasn't sure. Uh, I, this is now, I mean, this is, we're almost halfway through the book actually. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. In terms of like page count. Yeah. And I noted it here, but I'll, I noted it again much later on too. It's almost 85% of the way through the book. And I know these numbers because of the Kindle. Mm -hmm. Actually, I think it's a little more than that because there's a preview. I had a preview chapter in this one. Uh, until we actually know really what the plot of the book is. <laughs> yeah. Right now they're just trying to figure out what is going on and they don't know. That's most of this book is them just yeah. being like, what are they doing? <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, that's it. Stress. I, I, yeah. It's, I don't know. It's not. Again, I. I think this whole thing is here to make set pieces where, you know, she can be like, look at these chimps in their filthy, uncleaned cages. Look, look, Axe says he saw these other animals being experimented on. He said it was like torture. Um, I didn't describe what was happening to them because I don't actually have any idea what animal testing really entails. But, um, you know, it was bad. Uh, I think I think (laughs) she's just trying to make like a message here, but she doesn't really know what her message is. I think she doesn't. You know what I mean? I mean, I think to me, you sound just like a, a guy who's feels guilty about eating meat, but doesn't want to admit it. So you're just lashing out at poor. No, that would garbage. be the later part where they're in the slaughterhouse. This is the animal testing bit. All right. But at least it results in it. We get a mention of uh, Hoobers. Yes. Yes. That is very important. We will get a mention of Hoobers here eventually. Uh, now, that's it's not a now? little bit. Well, Axe is thinking about his Hoobers, I think, right? Or is that now? I don't know. Whatever. It's, there well, is a mention of Hoobers. It's certainly, maybe it's later, but it's a time when he's thinking about the mistreatment yeah. of animals. So it's Yes, relevant. yeah. He thinks about his Hoobers on his homeworld. Yeah. And the Jabalas, which I don't remember that one. Uh, the Jabalas are what they trained to morph on. That's the Kafid birds. No, that's what everybody morphed for fun, but didn't have to morph. <laughs> oh, Okay. All right. And Hoobers, of course. And of course, Hoobers. 
Right. <laughs> My favorite animal from Animorphs. Yeah. So I don't, this is, yeah, this is a scene that, like I said, this book is a strangely, the pacing doesn't feel to me slow or I don't really know. I'm, I'm bad at like, it's, we're only 30 podcasts in and I don't know how to articulate my thoughts about a book, but right. Like as I'm reading it, I'm not feeling like, Oh, this feels disjointed or strange to read, but it, it kind of is, like I said, the entire book feels like the characters are searching for the plot to the book. And this yeah. scene feels like in another book, this might've been the final scene, like the big action yeah. scene at the end of the book, but it's, yeah. and it's with Visser 3 in it. And I don't, does Visser 3 even show up at the end? I don't remember. He technically does, but he doesn't like do anything. They're like, oh, there's a fight and Visser 3's here. And yeah, that's it. The, like he, he doesn't, the something? only thing Visser 3 does in this book is get covered in poop. <laughs> right. So I don't know. Yeah, it's a little. I don't know the the structure of these books. I guess rarely conforms to a traditional <laughs> kind of classical storytelling structure. So I don't know why I'm harping on it now. But yeah, but like this is the point where you could have. This could have been the opening scene too. Like they're, right. they're like, oh, let's go to this lab, and then we learn about what the Yorks are trying to do. No, I we guess- don't know. We've just kind of reached a – sometimes the scenes, the Animorphs are almost like you can see the note cards in a bulletin board and you can sort of just swap yeah. them around. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Like the cows could have happened first. doesn't really matter. Yeah, it doesn't – yeah, you're right. <laughs> they just – yeah, 100%. Now, Axe eats a cookie as a chimp here. <laughs> okay, I'm glad, you've, I'm glad you mentioned this. <laughs> yeah, and – uh and he wonders that the chimp's sense of taste is like a human's. Uh, and he even says, after he eats the cookie, that this cookie is one of the most delicious cookies he's ever had. <laughs> chimp clearly loves it. He doesn't go crazy. He doesn't talk forever about it. Uh, he just, like, I don't, it can't be that delicious if he's not going crazy. He goes crazy about the human ones. Even when he's an Andalite, he can't stop thinking about them. So, like, what's going on? Why doesn't Axe go crazy for taste in other animals? We definitely do not have the best taste in the animal kingdom. I just thought, I don't know. Yeah, I just thought he, you know, he's containing himself. He said it was extremely delicious. Axe famous for containing himself (laughs) around food. Listen, there's Yerkes. He's on a mission right now. This isn't time for horseplay. Uh, but Nor at no cow point play. does he like. I, I need. I need to morph chimps so you can give me some cookies. Uh, <laughs> I just thought. I just really liked the line when he says the the chimpanzee enjoyed the cookie. The andalite did too, or something like yes. that. <laughs> yes, I like that part a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all I liked. Good old axe. Classic. Yeah. So classic. So after they're they're done and they get away, and I guess they don't save these chimps. I don't know. Uh, you know, we get Axe. He's like contemplating animal testing. He's thinking about it. Uh, we sort of alluded to that before. Um, Tobias brings him a TV remote, and uh, we find out Axe gets a lot of channels now because he like MacGyvered a satellite dish. This is all the interesting mm-hmm. stuff to me. Um, but <laughs> afterwards, they meet up in the barn to plan. Uh, the slaughterhouse is apparently too big to put a force field over, so they're going to use Gleet biofilters there. Um, so return of Gleet biofilters. So their their plan is they're all going to go in as cows, or two of them are going to go in as cows, and the rest are going to go in as flies in their nose because the Gleet biofilter won't hit 
animals inside of other animals. So they've got to go find the specific cows and uh, that they plan to take in and morph them and like tag themselves. Um, yeah, this uh, is the part where they mentioned Hubers. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. What do you thought? Uh, it, it, well, what, what? First of all, Andalites don't have remotes. Don't they have hologram entertainment or something? Don't they? Yeah, they, I don't know. They don't have remotes. They control it all psychically. Maybe they use I thought speak. I don't know how Andalite entertainment goes. It feels like they don't have very good entertainment because Axe is just like totally addicted by TV. Mm. Yeah, maybe that's true. I was just imagining they have like the from the Star Wars holiday special. The, mm. the, the I mean, the, TV's what, not even that these... good. Have you seen TikTok? Like that's some shit that'll grab your attention and ruin your life. Yeah, every time you are talking, I get TikTok on my phone. That's what I'm yeah. doing. Uh, that's fine. I'm not talking to you. Right. Uh, also, Cassie's dad, spring for cable. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, Cassie doesn't she have doesn't Animal Planet. She doesn't get Animal yeah. Planet. You're vets! <laughs> Come on. Yeah, Ca- I feel like if Cassie went to her p- parents and she said, I want cable because I want to watch Animal Planet, they would pay for it. Okay, you know, this isn't some nicest, neat situation. <laughs> no, it's not. I need AP. That sounds like something worse. Hmm, maybe. An- anal penetration. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm going to let you move on. Okay. Now, it was just a couple books ago that I was complaining about the lack of Gleet biofilters. Mm-hmm. So part of me is glad that they are, their existence is being acknowledged here. Mm-hmm. I do wonder if that's a K Applegate choice or <laughs> or who decided. <laughs> Seems like they're a big part of the plot, so probably she she put those in there. Uh why weren't they at the animal testing lab too? They're only at the slaughterhouse. I don't I don't know. Sir seems like doesn't that Yeah. What? Well, they're at the slaughterhouse cuz the slaughterhouse they can't use the force fields and I guess they like the force fields better than the Gleet biofilters. Even though you can just walk in through the door with the force field. I don't know. <laughs> I've what just got to imagine that me? the Yerk infrastructure is, you know, there's things are confused. And Visser 3 is just doing a shit job running the show. And that's why it's like half the time they have it, half the time they don't. Because they're just, he's just not that good at managing things. You know? Um, yeah, I feel you. I need you to explain <laughs> the Gleet biofilter. It does not eliminate organisms inside of other organisms. Yeah, I mean, I don't think this ever came up before, although I could be mistaken. It In a real world, it does need to work this way or else you will kill off everyone's gut biome and they will get extremely sick. Right. In a fictional Animorphs book where none of the rules actually quite work, you can just ignore that. But I mean, then, I would just then it's assume here anyway. It, it, to me, it makes more sense to just say, oh, well, it doesn't work on a microscopic level. It makes more sense than because it's inside mm-hmm. of something. <laughs> yeah. Also, more, more importantly, how do they know this? <laughs> X t- knows it. He knows how bleep biofilters work. <laughs> oh, sure. A- maybe That's Eric like stolen Andalite tech or something. Yeah, I guess. It just seems like she just says it like. Yeah. Cassie's just like, oh, yeah, 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 by the way, that doesn't, don't worry about it. It doesn't eliminate organisms inside of other organisms. 
I mean, okay. maybe they did mention it before when they dealt with it, but I don't, I don't think, think they, they did. did. I don't know. I don't think they did. It doesn't. I, I it detects morphed creatures. I thought, isn't that what a biofilter does? I thought it can it, tell no, it, if you're morphed. No, 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 no. The Gleet biofilter detects whether you have DNA that matches a a uh, whitelisted species and kills you if you don't. So all the real oh. flies on the cow on the cows die, and they see them die in this book. Oh, so then why can't they all be cows? Because it's too hard needs, to get that many. Well, once they are are in the chute, somebody needs to fly away and morph battle morph, and then come back and save them from dying in the slaughterhouse without being seen. I don't okay. know. That, that is what they do. So. All right. All right. I, I don't. I just okay. It, may, it just makes more sense to me that it's just harder to get six cows and get their tags all switched. But sure. whatever. They whatever. sure do seem to have trouble with two. Uh, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. All this, for some reason, this confused me. Maybe it's not actually that confusing. <laughs> but. I don't know. I, there's a lot of spinning wheels in this book without a lot of getting anywhere. I will say that. So I don't, I don't blame you. Um, now, I, I do think Axe has a whole bit here where he's thinking about uh, you know, all the, the testing stuff. And he, he thinks about how Andalites are more in harmony with their natural world and stuff. And he, he talks about, oh, humans have things that kill them. Whereas, you know, we are unmatched on our world, but like, we know already that Andalites used to be hunted, right? They used to not have tail blades and they used to be hunted by stuff. And I'm pretty sure that Andalites definitely killed all of their predators. Like, I don't think they're as... I, I, I think that's Andalite propaganda, that they're in harmony with their world, personally. <laughs> Maybe. Just my thought. Could be. Could be. Um, uh, there's also a bit where uh, they... Um, he he says, like, hurting chimpanzees, which are so close to, to being like you, that's like a taxon view of morality. Yeah, uh, To which taxons. I would say... I guess the Andalite view of morality is that it's only acceptable to hurt people who are different than you, huh? You sound like a fucking yerk, dude. <laughs> All I'm saying is that taxons are beautiful, noble creatures who deserve oh dignity and respect, gosh. and they shouldn't be slandered in this way. <laughs> you make me sick. I'm just, this book has got me kind of feisty, okay? <laughs> I like, I also like the part where Rachel says, I hate taxons. I was like, yeah, fuck them. Mm, not me. I, well, I would fuck one. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> probably fucking bite your dick off <laughs> now if you would like to for a moment go on tiktok here uh-huh i will uh, thank you and i'll tell you uh Axe says the energy expenditure for a force field increases exponentially to put it in simple terms if a field containing ten thousand of your cubic feet uses energy denoted as x a field containing twenty thousand of your cubic feet will not use two x but rather x cubed to which I immediately asked the question, why the fuck is the volume contained within the, like, independent variable here and not the surface area covered by it, which is going to be different for the same volume depending on the shape of the force field? And we know we have spherical force fields. We know we have cylindrical force fields. This is not intuitive at all. It should be, it should be related to, like, the square or like maybe the integral of the distances of the surface. If it's, if it's dropping off 
uh, exponentially as, as the distance from some emitter. I don't know. The, this feels like a situation where, you know, we would have been better off with the standard K Applegate. Listen, Andalites understand it and we don't. Um, this feels like it's, it's so close to being something real, but then it doesn't quite work because they explained it too much. Personally. You can get off TikTok now. You know what? This is a good episode, actually. I was wrong. <laughs> okay, good. This okay, good. good. I'm episode. glad. <laughs> Yeah. I'm I'm glad you like it. <laughs> I think it's one of our better ones. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm ruining it. I know it's my fault this time. Yeah, I don't, it's <laughs> we always know it's your fault. No, no, no. Sometimes it's your fault. Maybe once. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Maybe once. This this is this one's mine though. Um but they, okay. they do fly out and they do their thing. They go out to acquire their, their um, steer at the cow pasture. Um, Tobias gets his no problem, but um, in the middle of Axe trying to acquire some drunk guys come out cow tipping. Axe <laughs> does the thing where he tries to look like a steer by like making his stock eyes look like horns. Um, you know, the Animorphs do not say someday all cows will be blue, but I wish they did. Um but Axe knocks out the drunk guys with his uh, tail blade and then acquires his steer. His steer. Uh, I don't have a lot to say about this. I don't know if you do. Uh, Should I? Am I supposed to know what all cows will be blue means? In the unknown, when Axe pretended to be a horse and they had to cover for him. And they were like, we just like blue horses. <laughs> okay. Someday all horses will be blue. Okay. I didn't remember that line. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, it it sure happens quick. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we get the cow tipping. That's fun. But we get the cow tipping. We get Tobias saying that he's cow capable. <laughs> yeah, that's also fun. <laughs> um, we also get the part where Marco calls the uh, drunk fat frat guys faced. Yeah, I was going to bring that up too. Shit faced, and I definitely oh. did not know what the fuck that meant when I was a kid. I didn't even make the connection to shit-faced. I just was like, oh, I guess faced is the thing you can say about drunk people. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've never heard anyone call it faced before, but that this feels like, oh, I want to say like bull instead of bullshit because it's a kid's Which book. they do two pages later. Which they do, yes. Which is kind of funny. They don't. They could really make a meal out of that, but they don't. Yeah. Because they're around cows. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, the... They do specifically mention, though, that these guys are driving drunk, too. Yeah, and then Rachel says, cut their heads off. And <laughs> Tobias says, she's kidding. And I'm like, I don't think she's kidding. <laughs> no, she's not kidding. Yeah. <laughs> she, she definitely means it. Yeah, Rachel that, would cut these guys' heads off. I guess that is another little, you know, in the context of the, uh, you know, going overboard with the animal rights stuff. We also get a little mini PSA about drunk driving here. <laughs> but... Whatever. Right, it's good and cool. <laughs> yeah, it's good and cool. Yeah, as long as you're good at it. You know. Axe also knocks the, them unconscious with his tail. He knows he's like kind of like he can do a Vulcan nerve pinch just to knock them unconscious. No, that move has a name. In like the Andalite Chronicles, uh, I think Elfangor uh, says the name of the move where you hit them with the flat side of your tail blade. I don't remember I, what it is. But. And I'm sure I also said Vulcan <laughs> nerve pinch then too. <laughs> you might well have. Um, but yeah, you know, they're just, and you know, they're just unconscious that causes no uh, brain trauma or anything. <laughs> yeah, they're fine. It's not the worst thing they're going to do to a random bystander here. <laughs> right. 
Um, All right. Yeah. Well, they go. So they go back the next day, and the two of them uh, morph while they wait for the uh, factory guys to come pick them up. Um, <clears throat> last night, Axe accidentally acquired a cow and not a steer, so everybody laughs at him, and he has to go get a steer, and that's what's happening on the inside cover of the book. Um, but anyway, he and Tobias, they morph their steer, but it turns out that they're actually bulls because their, their morphs haven't been neutered because of DNA. So they're all mad and there's almost a fight. Um, whatever the, the, the farm guys come to pick them up and immediately they notice that they're bulls. So they have to, um, knock those guys out too. And, (laughs) and Marco as a gorilla is going to drive them, uh, there in the truck. Um, then so you know we get a good marco driving sequence where he's like driving through fences he's like rolling the truck onto on two wheels being a crazy uh, driver um and uh so he delivers the them and then immediately morphs flies so the 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 yurks look in there's no driver and they just assume that again that he was probably drunk and he probably ran off because of that and they're not suspicious because um, an Andalite could probably figure out how to drive a truck, and they aren't stupid enough to morph Apel and walk into a slaughterhouse. <laughs> right. Um, okay. So I think the whole point of them having to come out last night was that they had to get specific cows, right? Because they they had their, like, pulling specific numbers. They had to get tagged and blah, blah, blah. And then Axe gets a cow instead of a steer, which means he just kind of grabbed one randomly instead of doing the thing they were supposed to do. And then he, and then there's like one line here where he's like, "Oh, so I just got a steer like I was supposed to." So he didn't, he didn't get the specific steer, or he did. And then they knock out the guys taking them anyway. So like, really, all they needed, they didn't even need the specific animals because they were going to be the ones driving them in anyway. They could have just done the tags, and they so they could have just been cows. They didn't even have to do the steer thing and turn into bulls. I mean, basically, this whole thing is is worthless and not important to the plot, <laughs> and didn't matter. And it was mostly just here so you could put like a cow tipping scene, and then spend a chapter talking about the difference between steers and bulls. Am I getting this right? <laughs> it is so strange because realizing that he uh, got a cow by mistake. Mm-hmm. Which is a mistake that I, I think Steve Odekirk would make as well. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I agree. I know. Yeah. For a couple of reasons. This is this is the Odekirk podcast. <laughs> it, it is. You're bringing the refs. That's right. <laughs> um, um it seems like the perfect kind of third act heist. Oh, we have a problem. How do we deal with it? Except for some reason they just it's a thing that happens and then like a paragraph later is like all right i fixed it <laughs> it's like wait yeah this you, this yeah. could have been like a thing that that mattered but it's yeah it's like either yeah. do something with it or don't do it it's so strange to do it that way yeah in fact the uh blurb on the inner cover uh just like the tiny little excerpt starts with axe talking about being a cow and then they're like, oh, you messed up. And then he gets the steer and then he morphs the steer. And that's in the inside cover. Like, that's how little time. Uh, the, I'm reading from the inside cover right here. I demorphed. I acquired a steer. This time I checked. I morphed again. That is, that is how long it takes to do that. Absolutely crazy. Like, that might be the fastest description of morphing and acquiring in any of the books. It's yes. literally just 
there's there's nothing you could take away from that. I, I, I acquired it. I morphed. It's like, oh, okay, I, yeah. okay. I guess he did that. Sometimes that takes six chapters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I don't. It's I. I don't what know. What happened there? It's so weird. Like They needed I, an extra paragraph to make page length. This does, the more we talk about it, the more it feels like the outline or like the way it was, the way the ghostwriter re- received the outline, there were maybe late stage changes and they had to cut things out or they didn't, just didn't know how much room they were supposed to have. It's, it's like some things are focused on way too much and some things not at all. And it's, yeah, it is weird. I actually uh, have a suspicion that Kay Applegate may have dabbled in this a little bit uh, mm. for some, I cannot confirm reasons. I'll talk about it more at the end, but um, okay. we'll see. I love, I love that we get another Marco driving scene, classic callback yes. to one of my, my favorite Megamorphs uh, scene. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's up there. I I like that, that Jake is, instead of saying, I've seen you drive before, I'm going to drive. He says, you know... Marco, you're the guy who drove last time. You think you could do it again? <laughs> <laughs> Which maybe should feel like fan service or something, but I, it didn't feel it's, like that to me. It's service it's for me, so I'm happy with it. Right. Um, and, and we have to talk about this part when uh, Axe and Tobias are bulls and their instincts are taking over and they're about to fight each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cassie literally grabs the, a bull by the horns in this scene. She does two of them. Yeah. And she says this line. Okay. It's time for peace here. Arabs and Israelis, Americans and Russians. We do this by stages. Yeah. I, I feel like uh, <laughs> this is a bad example. Um, oh. Cause uh, I, I don't know that these bulls are making peace. If this is the, <laughs> I don't even understand. It's time for peace here. Like, is she trying to give examples of, people who have become peaceful she sure ain't (laughs) (laughs) but is that the idea is she like i guess this is in the 90s it's like post cold war yeah so it's like russia and america did find peace so that's what she's like from come on we gotta be like peanut butter and jelly arabs and israelis yeah that's there yeah right, that's certainly what I would call a good example <laughs> of a peace process that worked out everything's good now look I mean obviously even at the time yeah but yeah but but especially now it's like this uh, reading this I didn't even understand her point because it's so far yeah. removed from our reality yeah 25 <laughs> years later and it and you're just like what <laughs> also like Arabs like Palestinians wasn't even a thing anyone said <laughs> right yeah at this no. time yeah no apparently not but what a what a like whoa like there was an, earlier in the book they also mentioned AIDS <laughs> yeah yeah they every do. once in a while there's just something and, in these books that I'm like what the whoa I'm awake what's, what's, what's yeah. this <laughs> and that that should kind of I don't know whatever <laughs> but yeah it, it's it's crazy it's strange it's, it's strange. a weird a weird thing but you, we got we got to point it out it's in there it's I do a part agree of the I animorphs. don't really know what point she's trying to make it's not clear exactly <laughs> yeah i think she is trying to say like we got to you got to get along just like the good old americans and russians <laughs> and arabs and israelis oh my god yeah no uh cassie's an optimist people. is the thing she's like she's watching the un shit on c-span and she thinks that you know that that'll work yeah she's Cassie naive. is an optimist yeah that's like me that's why i like her 
on a later note, what about these uh, farm guys who are like, that ain't no steer. That sure ain't no steer. <laughs> yeah, I like them a lot. Yeah, and I think these they'll are ever... controllers. Yeah, they are. But they're you using the accents. Ever run in? Well, yeah, because that's the humans they took. Right. Go on. I'm just thinking if the Andalites, or if the Andalites, if the Animorphs ever morphed uh, waterfowl, you think they might be like a MR ducks. <laughs> <laughs> they are not. O-S-A-R <laughs> C-D-E-D-B-D-Wags L-I-B-M-R Ducks <laughs> You know what? I actually think that's exactly how it would go Okay, good Yeah <laughs> Good, I'm glad we're in agreement on that Yeah, we are <laughs> Now, how, how might it go if they were to infiltrate a slaughterhouse? Well, uh, all right. So they get into the slaughterhouse. It's all good. Uh, Tobias and X are in the shoot. The others all go fly off. There's like a gruesome scene. We get to see all the dead cows go by. There's the scent of blood in the air. They're watching the cows in front of them get killed one by one. Uh, you know, Axe is next. He's strapped in and he's about to be killed. They like press the thing to his head. And, uh, and at the last minute, Rachel shows up as a bear and saves him. And there's a big fight. Um, and Visser 3 and Hork Bazir showed up. I don't know where or how from, because apparently there are also regular people at this plant, not just controllers. I don't know, but they're outnumbered, and um, and they bust into a room and shut themselves in. Um, so let's talk about, uh, before we talk about what's in the room, let's just think about this slaughterhouse scene for a second. Yes, it is uh, genuinely, I found it to be pretty horrifying to read. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they, they they do attempt to make this part very horrifying. Yeah, and uh, you know, say what you will about the the messaging of the book, but mm-hmm. you know, the concept of being marched forward to slaughter yeah. is, is is quite affecting. Yeah, a hundred percent. So I, I agree, and I I think that that part is more affecting than the animal testing stuff, and um, like it's a little bit more difficult to write nuanced messaging around it, which is why it's, I have less, uh, you know, bitching and moaning to do about it. Sure. That's good. That's good. Wait, wait until Axe gets Netflix and checks out food Inc. Hmm. It's going to be in for a Full shock. disclosure. I did eat beef literally today. Uh, Oh, me too. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, now, <laughs> sometimes I like to joke about Animorphs giving people fetishes. I have to wonder, do you think that this gave uh, Army Hammer... I have never Hammer joked about that, but go on. Any fetishes? <laughs> Some... You know, Cannibal Army Hammer? Right. I think he read this as a kid and maybe it gave him ideas? Yeah. I don't know. I do. I do. No, I do. And It was just and a thought that entered my head, yeah. I think Army Hammer, maybe my first choice right now for uh, to play the human Visser 3 morph. Hmm. Yes, that is a really good choice. Visser 3 does a bit of cannibalism. <laughs> well, it's more of the Taxons thing, really, but... Yeah, but he... He literally... The, the first like scene in the book is him eating Elfangor. <laughs> well, that's, that's not two, technically cannibalism. Yorks out of people's heads. Oh, well, that... Well, it's not technically cannibalism. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you you can only say that it's by technicality, right? Like, he's, <laughs> if you have he's to a say by technicality that something's not cannibalism, you're probably in trouble, <laughs> right? 
That's right. Axe says cows are not highly intelligent animals. It just occurred to me if this was a Cassie book, she, or or even if this were a K.A. Applegate book, she probably would have said they're not exactly the geniuses of the animal world. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Although, you know, we did get, uh, at some point in here, they do say that they had to split up as birds of prey so that people wouldn't think it looked yes. weird. And they also talk about being seagulls and loving food. Yes. You can't escape those. <laughs> no. Not the not the things that if you told me in book three that those would be recurring bits, I like I would have expected that. Right. Uh, I don't know. If there's a big action scene. I don't know what is yeah. what is there to say about it. Do you have much. Uh, yeah, to say? I mean, I, they only it, it's all minor notes. Uh, the human controllers here they come at them with knives and chainsaws, like just stuff they find around the the meatpacking plant. And I don't know. I, it feels like it's like. Oh, well, we ain't got no no fancy standard-issue Dracon beams like y'all city controllers. You know, I, I, the c- country Europe's, we make do, you know? That's what I'm thinking. It's like... Yeah, country Europe's make do. Country Europe's make do. What do you want? That's what I want. That's all I want. I do like you're the... Axe... A... I'm, excuse me? You're a corny in your ear. Okay. Not, what were you gonna say? I'm sure it's not, better than that. Not your, not your pussy though. <laughs> Excuse right. you. Don't be vulgar. What? Hey, I could have said please, the word. Please say what you were going to say. I was just gonna say Axe talks about how they try never to kill any controllers. You know, unless they're those stupid fucking horkbajirs or taxons. They fuck those guys right up. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. All right. Yeah, the guy who is about to kill him is a cow, though. That guy's cool. Now let's talk about how we find out now what the book is about. <laughs> yes, now we find out what the book is about. <clears throat> Just so in, in the room, they see a whole bunch of humans in biostasis. Uh, they've all been dosed with Formula 71 as part of Project Obedience. Um, and this <laughs> is a project to remove free will from humans uh it's it's 100% effective in chimps and now it is 100% effective in humans and they're going to put this formula 71 into the food supply and remove everyone's free will so all the animorphs are like oh fuck but cassie's like oh that's that's bs that can't work and um they immediately meet the scientist and he's like yeah it's bs i faked it so viscer 3 wouldn't kill me because it's impossible you can't separate free will from sentience you know da 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 so they free all the people uh, who are all like homeless people, and um, and I guess somehow they escape, uh, even though they're surrounded by Horkbajir and Visser Three, and now they have a bunch of people. They don't. I don't know. They say they're going to free the people, and then and then um, that's that. We we cut to the end chapter where it's all over. They free somehow. Them. They save them. Yeah, they saved them. They saved them. Um. So this is it. Almost 90% of the way through the book where we'd find out what's happening. Mm-hmm. And this is and this is the the moral dilemma that uh, was, uh, again, I was like, th- this seems like it should have been for Cassie, except that, <laughs> as you alluded to earlier, this, this comes up and then, like, snap of the fingers, it does not matter at all. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, no, like, there's a real conundrum here, like, or potential, like, oh, if we released the people, they might be mindless automatons, unless Cassie's right, in which case we'd be freeing them. Can we risk it? But, you know, it's two pages. I, I looked, it is two pages between when we find out about Project Obedience and, and the scientist just explicitly says it's a hoax. Um, you know, like, if you had found this out at the beginning of the book, you could have had conversations, you could have had people talking back and forth, you could have had Cassie actually explaining her position as to why she thinks it's impossible. Uh, you know, and maybe that could have been impactful or meaningful. You could have explored the idea, but there is no exploration of the idea because there is no idea, right? <laughs> this is, she came up with this idea, oh, free will. There's no definition on this. What is free will? I don't know what the hell that means. Uh, uh, it, I'll take one. They, <laughs> Yeah, well, you already got one, baby. Um, <laughs> I have to pay for it, though. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah you every day uh, um mm-hmm. but uh yeah i mean like because they, they say like oh well yurks take over people isn't that free no 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 because you can still think whatever you want so is free will wanting stuff i don't know i don't know what free will is <laughs> they don't explain it they don't talk about it and, and and the answer as to why you can't separate free will from sentience is you just can't okay it's just not possible it's just the way it is there's like a whole thing where they say like free will is sentience. You can't, but if that's the case, it's like, well, then free will is nothing. It's just sentience. Just say sentience, you know, and, and you can remove sentience from a creature. You just like knock out part of their brain, like Terry Shivo, then bam, done. No more sentience. Ooh. Like easy. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and at the end, Ugh. there's a bit where Axe asks the guy like, oh, did you try the formula? On, on the chimps, and he's like, well, it didn't work, but we don't know if it's because they weren't sentient or if it's because it doesn't work. And it's like, what the fuck kind of stupid question is that? Like, this is so dumb, right? Like, you, you specifically set up this thing that couldn't work. You can't, the whole point is to remove free will from sentience, but it can't be done because it's it's inherently contradictory somehow. I don't understand how. And so now, you know, it's like, oh, well, we, we couldn't make an invisible pink unicorn because that's impossible, but... <laughs> Uh, what happened when you tried to make the invisible blue unicorn? Like, that's supposed to make me contemplate chimp free will and intelligence? No, th- this is stupid. It's dumb. There's zero thought put into it. Compare it to book 26, right? Where they're like, all howlers are evil. And, and, and Cassie's like, well, that can't be the case, right? There's some meaning behind this. There's thought into that. What would it mean for them all to be evil? Well, it would mean that the entire race was one way. It was all a single way. And I refuse to believe that you can just classify an entire group of people all one way, regardless of what evil may or may not mean. Why? Because Nazis think like that. And I understand how thinking about people like that works and that I understand like the consequences of that. So I refuse to go down that logical path. There's meaning there there's a a real definable thing that we're talking about and here there's just nothing it's nothing and uh, i don't know It, it it pisses me off it's stupid it's not just that they they spend this whole book trying to find out something and then we find out that it's nothing it's it's that like there's no idea here at all i don't like it do you think if axe was a a tiktok npc he'd be like cinnamon bun yum yum i do (laughs) All right. Did you have um, any uh, thoughts on this? I mean, I'm kind of the opposite of you. <laughs> uh-huh. In that my main criticism of it was just that it wasn't there just enough. I mean, that is also pretty bad. 
I didn't. Well, and maybe it's just that I didn't give me enough time or, and I wasn't willing to think about it outside of the book. So I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't take the time to develop as complex an opinion as you. I mean, to be fair, I read this book a long time ago and I've read it many times. So, (laughs) Right. Right. I think, I, I mean, I probably agree with most of what you're saying. I think I'm a little more charitable, at least in the sense that I, I do think there is potentially a way into an interesting conversation there. Uh, they and they just but they just did not attempt it. I mean, I I do think there is. I think to do it, you have to define what you mean by free will. Like right. you need to. Well, that's flesh part of the conversation, that maybe too. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But th- right. it is very clear to me that when writing this. Amy and maybe Kay Applegate had no idea what was meant by that in the first place. Uh, and oh. that's why it has to be like this. They, they can't make something more nuanced. It also is on another level, just kind of a hat on a hat of like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, the Yerk's big plan is to remove their free will. Yeah, that's that was already their plan. <laughs> they didn't. Yeah. That's like, oh, the Greys came up with a way to make people get abducted. That's that's yeah. what they do. That's that's already the thing they do. Like it's just stupid, just pointless. Like why yeah, do you need like, that? Yeah, just no an extra this step. Is, <laughs> it is like an '80s cartoon villain thing because it sort of works right where you're like, okay, we put this in the food supply, and then everybody is already acting like they're infested, so it's easy to infest them. Sure, but in terms of like what it means for the story, in terms of like how the story feels, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't really up the stakes or anything. The same goal could be met by like knocking them unconscious and then just going in their head or something or putting them to sleep. Like, like why you don't, why do they need to not have free, unless the Yorks are just like, I'm sick of hearing Karen's shit in my fucking head all the time. That could be part of it. And that, you know what, if they explored it from that aspect where they were like, it's not even about getting new hosts, it's about not dealing with host resistance, maybe there's something there too, because that would potentially talk about, you know, instead of just saying free will, you'd be like, yeah, it's like a thought deadener. It's something that makes you suggestible. I don't know. Something more defined. That's good, because the Yurks are like complaining and going crazy because they, and maybe even some of them are turning because they're like sympathizing with their hosts. Mm Mm-hmm. That would make sense that you'd be like, we got to shut these fucking hosts up. Yeah, that would be nice. Oh, well. (laughs) There's like an actual thing here, too, which is just completely unnoticed, even though they also did this in book 26, which is that like they say that it's it's 100 percent effective in all trials, 100 percent in the chimps, 100 percent in the humans. Just immediately we move to humans. Bam, 100 percent, 100 percent. And like. This is like an actual point that's worth exposing kids to, which is that like nothing is. I don't know what's don't I don't need we need to talk about exposing kids to things. But go on. <laughs> I don't know. Like the this is like a thing you see in in propaganda in the real world where it'll be like this. It's just like this hundred percent effective always works. You know, like if you polled Americans on if their immediate family should be tortured to death, you wouldn't get a hundred percent. You know what I mean? Like, like being skeptical of things that are that human- unanimous is actually a good life lesson. And again, go back to book 26. Jake was like, the Howlers won every time. No, they didn't. That can't be right. Yeah. Nobody questions that here. They should. They got shit going know. on, you know? They're, they're thinking about cows. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> well... I, I mean, there's also I also think actually another interesting part of this end scene is this controller who 
is so scared of Visser three that mm-hmm. he seems to not hate Andalites or humans that much compared to other Yerks we meet. Yeah. Like he's not constantly sneering at them <laughs> and and yelling at them. He's he seems like kind of a one of the rare Yerks who isn't isn't yeah. a total dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he's he's like, uh, take me with you. Don't make Visser Three kill me. I'd rather die of Candrona starvation than let him right. torture me to death. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's kind of like the guy they met in um, the Alien book eight who wanted Axe to assassinate Visser Three. Uh, was that book eight or book nine? Axe books are eights. Fuck you. This is right. twenty eight. Fuck off. Just fucking kill yourself. <laughs> Whoa. If listeners are having suicidal thoughts, you should get help. Okay. <laughs> if you say that after you tell someone to kill themselves, it erases it. It yeah. makes it okay. Well, you weren't telling the listeners. You are telling me. Right. I don't want you to call a hotline. <laughs> no. I mean, that was my point, as I know you don't. Right. <laughs> I also... Um, Axe also calls a computer console Yerkish. And I was wondering, is that an official term or did he is he just saying that is he like that seems kind of yerkish or is that what you would say <laughs> i don't know i maybe it's official could be official all right i'm just wondering okay i think we can end the book now yeah uh so at the end they all get together at the food court and eat burgers um so <laughs> so i actually should say here that i remembered this scene incorrectly um because it's like a whole joke where Marco gets a burger and Cassie says, oh, I can't believe you're eating a burger after that whole thing. And then they're all like, actually, I want burgers too. And they all get them. Now, in my brain, I remembered Cassie as also getting a burger here just to like hammer the joke home. But she doesn't. So earlier on, I was saying I seem to remember a scene in which Cassie eats a burger. And that's why I think that Cassie's not a vegetarian. But now I I have to think maybe she is a vegetarian because she does not eat a burger here. Well, there you go. Yeah, changing I mean, I, my opinion. I would sure have to take issue if Cassie ate a burger in this particular book. <laughs> that would be a little. <laughs> now, I heard somewhere, and I can't, I couldn't verify this. I don't know where this is from. This could have just been like a schoolyard rumor or some shit. I don't know. But I heard somewhere that K.A. Applegate added this ending on to intentionally undercut the messaging of the rest of the book because she thought it was too much. <laughs> Because she was like, what did you just hand me? This is crazy. I'm not making a fucking, like, don't eat meat screed here. So she added this. Now, that might be wrong. Is it on Seropedia? Because they will know. I did not see it on Seropedia. But I did. There is a quote from her on Seropedia about the ending. Uh, where she says, uh, I took some grief for this from the fans. A fair number were upset that I ended with all of the Animorphs ordering hamburgers. I'm in favor of being as humane as possible in dealing with livestock, but I'm not a vegetarian. I I kind of think that I'll start worrying about the treatment of cows more once there are no more political prisoners, no more children dying of curable diseases, and no more fanatics blowing themselves up to murder civilians. God damn, tell them, K.A., get their ass. <laughs> yeah, which does seem kind of, I don't know, it, that that seems a little intense of a thing to say <laughs> after writing this whole book about, like, the evils of slaughterhouses, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, think about how funny it would have been, though, if at the end Cassie was like, 
<sighs> okay, fine. Get me a burger too. <laughs> that would have been funny. <laughs> I mean, I will say this, and I don't. This isn't that surprising, but I mean, even right now, I want mm-hmm. a fucking hamburger. Yes. I, in my notes, I actually do have written down, I want a fucking burger. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Because if you just talk about burgers, I don't even yeah. care. I, when mm. I, I watched fucking Super Size Me, and I was like, God damn, I want some of that. <laughs> yeah. I haven't yeah, watched good. Food, Inc., but I have a hunch I might go out and get a burger if I watch it. <laughs> Give me that food that makes me fat. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my so, God. I, I get it. I get it. Um yeah, I wonder if K.A. Applegate still feels that way or if she would uh, phrase it the same way today if you asked her that. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Uh, it, it is a little bit crazy that she jumps straight into like, why are you so busy worrying about animals when there's fucking people getting killed? It does feel like, I think, again, this was a time, an era when, mm-hmm. I don't know, everything, people weren't, and this is maybe... I'm sure someone could still argue and say that's not true, but it feels like to me, at least as a child in the nineties, everyone wasn't as aware of all the terrible things happening Mm -hmm. all the time. And maybe this was kind of a reaction of KA being like, cause nobody's talking about this stuff. Whereas more today, people are talking about that stuff. Yeah. That that could easily be true. And I I do think that there was, um, because there's a scale to it, right? Like, obviously, it's good to treat animals humanely, and it's and it's good to um, like be aware of abuses against them. Um, but you know, there is a line between that and like crazy PETA fanatic, fanatics, right? And I do think that in the '90s, um, you didn't see as much of that. Like, I, I think it was a lot more like, oh, the anim- the the save the animals people. They're all like weird, crazy PETA, Greenpeace fanatics, right? Like, there's no just people out there like these conditions are inhumane. We need better regulatory laws on it, kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, unironically, um, when when did Food Inc. come out? It's like 2008 or 2010 or something. Like, I I, mm-hmm. I think that was genuinely kind of signified a shift for that you know it was maybe it was that'll be later. our next patreon is fooding <laughs> i guess it has to be now yeah <laughs> um all right so i i i get the sense that you are um maybe a little not as big a fan of this book but maybe maybe that's just maybe you're able to compartmentalize your issues and you don't actually dislike the book i don't know <sighs> I, this book is very hit or miss for me um, because I I do think that it tries to raise a bunch of interesting nuanced issues and just completely does a shit job handling it. I think the overall storyline is not good, doesn't pay off, doesn't really go anywhere. But I really like all of Axe's dumb, I'm watching TV, I'm hanging out with Tobias moments. And there is a lot of the book that's like that. And I would not want to miss that. Like if it, again, you keep, we always talk about what if you adapted Animorphs, I I would probably cut most of the plot to this, but I would probably keep most of the parts that aren't plot. If that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you could just, you know, like in an imaginary TV show, for instance, Mm -hmm. you could just have acts doing this kind of stuff like all the time. (laughs) Like it doesn't need to be an episode. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I, like, I think this is, it's a fun book. I think it's funny. Uh, most of the like heavy <laughs> moral and, uh, 
whatever messaging issues we discussed in this episode aren't things that I really lingered on while I was reading it. Mm-hmm. So I, it wasn't something that actively detracted for me. What detracted more was just, I wish that the plot was introduced earlier yeah. and the, and I, and the moral stuff, like I said, I, I think that could have been made. They could have made something more of that. And also again, that just acts doesn't, in my opinion, like all the TV stuff is fun, but he doesn't really get much to do with the mm-hmm. plot. Like he's there as, as the comic relief of his own book, <laughs> yeah. which is, which is feels strange. So I'm like, for me, this is like, like, this is a, I, I honestly, this is kind of a good, I, would you call this filler? Technically, I guess I don't, the word filler has baggage. I don't know what, if you want to use it, but as a non main plot book, I'm kind of like, yeah, this is this is on the good end of that to me. Whereas, you know, as opposed to a Helmicrons being on the bad end. <laughs> mm. Like, I'd say this is like, if this was the, at least in terms of the general quality of writing and pacing and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm, I can accept this as a, you know, as accepting that this maybe is, what some Animorphs books will be for a while if we're not tackling Krayak and shit. And, and like, I'm okay with this. It's readable. It's enjoyable. It's entertaining. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. Know. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I think you're not as so, charitable yeah, as I am. <laughs> I think I might not be as charitable, but like it is, it's hard to say. I don't know. Like I, I like the extreme better as a book. Uh, I like the underground better as a book. I think if I'm just trying to think like what I think I'd have to, um, you know, if I'm just going back and trying to think like, what are some other books that are not, you know, I like the exposed better. They're not really tackling Krayak, but for most of the book you don't, or, you know what I mean? They're tackling the Drode, but like for most of the book, you don't know it. I don't know. I, I, I don't think I would say it one of the better books there, but I, I, it's not a complete failure. There are things about this book that I do like. Um, and and yes, as much as I love Helmicrons and I love looking, <laughs> reading the book that has the parts at the minute, it, it is not a complete disaster uh, to be a book, right? <laughs> like it is a book. <laughs> yeah. Like that's the thing. It's like, <laughs> maybe this is just my standards are getting too low, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like it made sense mostly. Like the characters talked and they... You know, maybe the Animorphs formula is just so set at this point that it's, well, mm-hmm. I was going to say it's hard to mess it up, but it's, it's pretty recently <laughs> it's been proven it's not. But Yeah, it can get messed up, that's for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I was just kind of like, yeah, this is just fun. I don't know. And maybe it's because I'm also, again, like I'm, maybe my standards are lower because I know that there's ghostwriters, so I'm bracing myself mm-hmm. for the worst. So I'm just like, yeah, you know, like this isn't, it could sure be worse. This is all right. Yeah, I feel that. Um, yeah, I, I, there is. I don't know. <laughs> well, we'll I mean, see. Think, we'll of, see. think about think about since the ghostwriters sort of started. I guess twenty three isn't really ghostwriting. I mean, you're saying you, you're bracing yourself for the worst, but like, Kay Applegate has had like the best and worst book so far in the string of ghostwriters. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess you're not wrong there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, it's more that I mean, I just also I just know that she's you know, like more ha- maybe even outside of the ghostwriters. It just feels like this series shouldn't be this long. <laughs> but, yeah, I, you're not wrong. 
<laughs> but we'll see. This is this. Is, we're getting into the end of season stuff, so I think it's. Yeah, I, I don't want to get like ahead only of myself. Halfway through, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is not. You know, these feelings are still shaping themselves. Hundred percent. Yeah. Not yours. Yours are. You don't already know yours, but. Right. No, I'm just saying what you're saying makes sense. Pop culture references from this book, and I'm pretty sure I'm gonna. I've probably missed a couple, so you, you'll have to help me. The right. First, the first one, I guess, being got milk because I didn't have that. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Once we get into the book proper, we have World Almanac. That counts, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, as we said, they watch The Young and the Restless, and there are numerous references to the characters from Young and the Restless. I didn't write those all down because a lot of them I didn't know who they are. So. Yeah, I don't know. I have Victor, Nikki. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He says like a full name later, but yeah, I don't know these people. Now, Marco suggests that Axe watch Buffy, Party of Five, Maybe, Cops, mm-hmm. And South Park. That's what Marco thinks Axe should be watching. Yeah. Not the first Buffy reference. Uh, first South Park reference, though. A little weird for Is a kids' it? book. I, I swear they haven't said South Park before. I, you may be right. I oh, no, you, they did do a You Killed Kenny. That's Yes. Why did they do that? I did remember that, but I don't remember Shit. the context. I don't remember either. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, because I do remember talking about it. Because South Park is... Uh, the movie would be coming out this year. So it's kind of at the height of its Yeah, it's powers. peaking here. Um, it's like season – the South Park is weird because the movie came out like after season two or something, which is not – so I always think of it in my head as you know being – because usually a movie doesn't mm-hmm. come out until season seven of a show. Whatever. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Not the first party of five or cops reference either, I don't think. The TV Guide, that's a, that's a copyright magazine thing to get a TV mm-hmm. guide. The Eric is a FedEx truck. Marco says, what is this, candid camera? Uh, Eric uh, says he was Moses, his lawyer was lo- Moses's law professor. But he says it without <laughs> stuttering. Uh, are you telling me I should worry about where my next Big Mac is coming from? They're clever. Oh, Jesus. It's late. They're cleverly infiltrating Mickey D's to learn the secret of special sauce, which, as we know, has ketchup in it. (laughs) Marco is missing an online chat with the cast of the (laughs) X-Files. I don't think this ever happened. Maybe it did. Might have. Maybe it did. Kay Applegate was having online chats with her friends or friends with her uh, (laughs) fans at this time. I know IRC was really big for X-Files fans, like news Mm. groups and shit. That makes so sense. They might have had a, a cast member in there. I don't think David Duchovny was doing that shit. Uh, there's a road lined with restaurants named Wendy's, Taco Bell, and Fuddruckers. Mm. Fuddruckers you don't see around too much lately. Maybe in some no. places. You used to have Taco one Bell. very close to where I live. And it's, oh, it's been gone for years. Yeah, uh, A dumpster, <laughs> of course. Capital D. Whoa, Doritos. I loved you in all those old Tarzan movies. Oh, look, it is Friends, Axe says happily as he's channel surfing. Uh, they also uh, mentioned that he has MTV and CNN. And specifically on Friends, Phoebe is playing her guitar at Central Perk. You think she's playing um, Smelly Axe? Yeah, I do. <laughs> smelly Axe. Smelly axe. What are you trying What, are, you what are they feeding you? You should just stick to your lane, all right? <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> I'm just... trying to seed <laughs> parody songs in you. Okay. Uh, I'm not doing the whole song. Is it Molotov <laughs> and Von Ribbentrop? Trope? 
Trop? I don't know. Or Von or Von Molotov and Ribbon and Ribbon Trop. Or are they both Von? Neither. It's Von it's Von Dam and Von Halen. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I didn't know I don't know who these they're his they're war people, but I didn't know these people's names. Did you know these yeah, names? He's, yeah, he's learning about the um Nazi Soviet non aggression. I assume pact. this is the guy who made the cocktail. <laughs> right? I'm actually not sure. Okay. Weird Probably. Qu- yeah, or at least like the DNA invented the DNA cocktail. How's that for a callback? <laughs> That's good. I like uh, that. There, there's no U in Soviet. Does that count as a reference? Sure. I wrote it down. Animal Planet, of course. Uh, Axe wants to go to the mall to Radio Shack. Diurnal, have you tried Calpectate? I had to look that up, too. I'd, I'd never heard of this. <laughs> Calpectate? I've- Definitely heard of it. Okay. But I hey, don't X. know much. Anyway. Why Why is it when I look at you, I start thinking about special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, and onions on a sesame seed bun? I thought uh, that counts because they're doing the McDonald's. Oh, yeah. That counts, yeah. This I liked. Axe says, I would like to make it home in time to watch the Brady Bunch. It is a story about a lovely lady who was bringing up three very lovely girls. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Axe's ritual he does causes him to miss the banter between Katie and Matt and Al. If you don't know, those are humans who appear regularly on the Today Show. <laughs> Cassie refers to herself as a barefoot black chick in day glow spandex stomping through cow pies. <laughs> And uh, Marco is a gorilla wearing some hideous Levi's leisure suit, leisure suit, whatever you prefer. And when they're driving, Marco says, I'm not going to stop at every Stuckies we pass. Funny. He also says Bond, James Bond, while driving. Mm-hmm. Uh, Axe says, I did enjoy watching The Simpsons. I assume that they do not represent some variant species of humans, but are in fact humorous pictorial exaggerations of humans. All right. I mean, Axe yeah. is not. Come on, he's not. They that seem to stupid. be related to humans, but lacked a sufficient number of fingers. Right. You're right, though. On behalf of General Custer, let me welcome you to the last stand. Another funny line. Mark. Uh, Mark. Is there ever a book where Marco doesn't have good lines? <laughs> Can I point out that out though that Custer lost the last stand? Yeah. Well, I think that's why it's funny. Oh, I see. He their general. He's not. Yeah, I think he's saying, like... On behalf of, it sounds like he's... Well, he's always saying, like, well, oh, sounds like another suicide mission. So I think he's tongue-in-cheek. I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) I I think he is. Um, I'm going back to the Salvation Army. I forget when they say that. Homeless guy they free. Oh, right. The the guys are all... They're all homeless people. We didn't, like... That's another thing we could talk about, too. But that's fine. And you're wearing Birkenstocks right now, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, and you missed my favorite one. Yeah, I did. Where, where I know that I did. <laughs> zestfully clean, zestfully clean. You're not fully clean unless you're zestfully clean. And you know why I missed that is because I never knew that was a fucking commercial. I I didn't know mm. what I, I didn't recognize that as a reference at all. Mm, you thought he was just like riffing on what these messages might be. Yeah, or something. I didn't realize gotcha. that was a specific. Did you know that commercial? I am pretty sure I first knew that commercial from this book. Like, <laughs> right. I eventually heard that commercial, but I had not did not know about it when I first read this book. 
Because I, I can't remember, like, was it cap? Maybe it was at the start of a sentence, so I didn't realize it was a trademark thing. Yeah, I didn't know what he was doing. I just thought he was having fun. Yeah, he was having fun. <laughs> okay. So uh, mixed feelings on this book, mixed book, but, eh, you know, it had things worth discussing, at least. Yeah. And uh, if you've got things you think we should be discussing, you can email them to us. The Boys at gmail.com is our email address. We'll read your stuff on the air. And again, I want to really reiterate that we have a Patreon. And if you're sitting here going, boy, I wish there was another hour of this, you can get it at patreon.com slash the Boys. We're just kicking it off, but it's worth it. It's worth it, everybody. You're going to get fun content extra episodes. We're going to talk about all kinds of different things. Go check it out. I'll keep plugging it yeah. and you're going to like Only it. Only five bucks a month. It's it's probably going to end five up being bucks. like a buck per hour of content. I spend That's more than that on good. a cinnamon bun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, go check it out. And uh, you can find my stuff online elsewhere at uh, my website, jonathanestes.com. I have more things there. That's and uh, you can... Follow me on Blue Sky, I guess, at Dog Times McGee. Sure. Okay, I will. Uh, thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Tune in next time when we'll be talking about Book 29, The Sickness, in which Cassie turns into a yerk on <gasps> the Yerky Boys. Yerky Boys.